powered from the Panoma Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from down under outside Brisbane in Australia. It's episode 102 of the Primetime Jukebox. Tonight, we talk about making our own personal soundtracks. And as always, Primetime Jukebox is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected in a well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily... Cuban seed Nicaragua Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel aged wrappers with thick high priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Double H 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Albano Bourbon Barrel Age, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And by Jerry Tobacco, the authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age of Cigars in Cuba, it was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Of course, it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate. It fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Hunis and Husto bring their very own brand to market and each contain that authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Candela. Each represents the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. You'll be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And of course, we want to mention Tobacco Lawyer USA. Makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco USA, great things are happening here. And finally, by Drew Estate. Dark, bold, and unapologetic blackened cigars. MD1 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The all Maduro blackened cigars MD1 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for both life celebrations and times of reflection. You can get them at your Drew diplomat retailer and remember all of the live streaming for the primetime network of shows as well as the california studios for the thursday primetime show sponsored exclusively by drew estate well welcome everybody this is prime time jukebox episode 102 we are doing this uh in the u.s on father's day weekend so if you're listening to this happy belated father's day because we've recorded this over father's day weekend uh, Will Cooper, I am in the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage, and I'm joined cross-country, not cross-country, transcontinental, 
by my good friend and colleague, Mr. Dave Burke. Hello. I didn't know it was Father's Day. Yeah, it's Happy Father's, Father's Day, Day in the Day, U.S. It's uh, everybody. Sunday, yep, yep, in the U.S. Uh, I know it's different in different parts of the world today. So it's weird because Mother's Day is the same. Yeah. The Mother's Day here is the same there, but Father's Day is in like September. Right. So I don't I, ne I never remember when it is because Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, US it's an e it's actually it's easy to do like Mother's and Father's Day. Second second Sunday in May is Mother's Day. Third Sunday in June is Father's Day. And the you know, honestly, we, I was talking about this with Abe this morning. Father's Day is always second banana to Mother's Day. So, I mean, it's, yeah. uh, you know, that's always going to be the, you know, the ones. But uh, just to, people can have a look at the, uh, a look at the screen right here. Look at that. Polar. Look at that breath. Polar. It's polar. It's like that. It is that, polar. It's like the old Bud Grant on the sidelines ah, of, of Metropolitan right. Stadium with that, you know, that, that frost or whatever coming out. But Bud would be wearing a short sleeve t shirt though. Bud would Bud yeah, Bud didn't fool around, man. He's <laughs> tougher than I am. Yeah, yeah. So I was reading that Drew State ad. Um and Dave, you have some black and demi ones in the package that's on your way, by the way, just so you know. Ooh, and I've ruined yeah, so so I didn't want to forget as I was reading, I'm like, that's what else I put in there for Dave, yeah. And they uh um so they're so they're back because I know for a while they like sold out because they didn't really anticipate yeah. the uh the demand, so, yeah. So I've seen them around, so I think I think they're sort of restocked by now, it looks like. Yeah, yep. So uh, I got some Toros, which I think is a, one of my favorite sizes. So you should have some on your way. So, uh, Ooh. yep. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying those more and more, actually. So uh, the Toro size is the one that you see. That first third is really, really good of that bet. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm excited. And I'm excited to... Uh... To do a Metallica show on it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's what I figured. But uh, I have some more too. I I have. I actually bought a box of those. So um, right. You know, we have more, so you know, I'll keep them. So if you want to just enjoy them until we get the Metallica thing scheduled, uh, that'll be that'll be fine. Uh, now but, I, I got a big question for you, Coop. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So have you had one with paired it up with the black with the blackened uh, whiskey? Yes. I actually bought All a bottle right, of okay. whiskey. Yeah, I actually bought a bottle of the whiskey. It's really good. Uh, I will say it pairs really well. So um, there's not much more to say other than I, I actually thought it was one. Of, like when you pair it, right, it's either mm. the cigar enhances the liquor or the liquor mm. enhances the cigar. And honestly, I actually thought the uh, cigar enhanced the liquor experience a little better. Right. Because okay. the cigar stands pretty good on its own. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But. You know, I think I think it is a good pairing, and you know the liquor. I was so intrigued by those liquor because what they do is they pump music into the barrels to kind of get the, yes, the sound that, waves yeah. to stretch it. Yeah, so it's I kind of want to taste batch to batch to see if there's any difference. It's oh yeah, I, that's a uh, yeah. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah, I asked I asked um, Rob Dietrich, uh, who's the uh, the distiller, if they yeah. were going to use that technique, maybe in the polones when they're aging the tobacco, or they could barrel age the tobacco, right? Yes. Yeah. They hadn't done it yet, but it sounded like the thought had crossed their mind that they could look at doing it. I don't. I don't know if they necessarily think it will have an impact or not, but mm. but it but but it had crossed their mind to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Well, good. Well, that's that's exciting. Yep. Ooh. So, so, uh, so yeah, that's um, like I said, so that's pretty good. Yeah. So I have paired it, and uh, the liquor, the liquors. There's other limiteds I want to try from the uh, Blacken series. So, uh, okay. It's so. Uh, Rob Dietrich, he didn't create the original M81. It was someone else who passed away, and then he came All in right. as a master distiller, and he's done some other projects like a rye and things like that. Mm. Uh, he's a real. I, we did him on Primetime Two Fifty Nine. Really mm. good guy, really fun guy to talk to, and everything. We were, and I, as far as I know, we were the only show to get him, which was pretty cool. So, right, okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that is very cool. Yeah, it's an interesting project. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, for sure, it is a cool project. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, check that out. Now, before we get into everything, not to derail the show and make it a blackened show, but like it's interesting because we were talking to Hector about this in the previous show. Yep. But Guy Fieri has really raised the bar on celebrity involvement with cigars. So it'll be right. interesting to see if Hatfield like how involved he becomes in the marketing of this cigar. Cause like, I just look online and like guys with Eric hanging out and they're going to events and he's really pushing that cigar. Yeah. Which I think help, which I think has helped lead to its, well, the fact that it's a great cigar, but it's helped lead to its success. So I'll be interested to see if like, if Hatfield is just like in some ads and then out, or is he going to do events or what's, what's going to happen there? What, what I do know and I'm not, the answer is I don't know the answer how involved he'll get. But what I do know yeah. is when the cigar got released, they told me, Drew Estate, that they knew happy. It was like it, – it sounded like this wasn't the best time to release it because uh, Metallica okay. was, was getting ready to finish that album, and then now they're on tour. Yep. So yeah. that was kind of like how I took it. I'm not necessarily saying he's going to do that when all that's done either. I don't know that. But that's what it sounded like was because even uh, Rob Dietrich, the distiller, is going on the tour with him as well. Okay, to be out of pocket. Um, and so again, I don't want to speak for Drew. Steve. It sounded like the timing of that release wasn't what was originally planned. You know, there could have right. been supply chain issues. So I think that kind of messed a few things up for them. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I don't. But guy is no doubt. He's we talked about. It, he's raised the bar. Oh. And, you know, we were talking about Chaz Palmateri's cigar. And, look, if Chaz, if Chaz wants to even have a part of that success that Guy's had with this, he's, he, you know, he's going to have to raise yeah. the bar on that. You know, it's not doing one or two events is going to solve it. So, no, no. I mean, it's, yeah, he's super involved, which yeah. is great to, yeah. great to see. But, yeah. Uh... yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Armand DeSante, I consider him. I've interviewed him. I consider him a, a, a pretty good acquaintance slash friend, right? Mm. Um, but I mean, I'll be honest. He did not get involved. He did some, but he did not get involved yeah. to the level of guy. And I don't know if he ever will either. No. Um. So, uh, yeah. No, no. It's it's uh, and and that project now is like talking about the Guy Fieri, the Knuckle Sandwich. I mean, it's just a it's just the main part of their line now because they got what like how many they got a connecticut they got a maduro the habano the chef's choice and the, the 55. Uh, 55 yeah like it's not usually it's just like here's the one cigar and like that's it but they that's they're really yeah they've done a full blown like they have three core lines two limiteds it's a mm. it's a full-blown brand is what they've got mm. now and um 
you know, it, it's done a great job with it. Uh, I, oh, yeah. I think that I think the Maduro and the Connecticut are the two best cigars that I've had with that. So I got to try the, the Connecticut still. Fifty five is. Good. I I actually don't have any Connecticut, so I have to get. I'm go. I'm gonna see if I can get some from Hector down in Florida next week when I see him. I but got I, some I, coming in from the Hustler. They're in the mail as we speak. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, speaking of Hustler, um, they I uh, it's they are gonna be exhibiting at Skip's booth at the trade show. Right. Okay. So that is confirmed uh, from them. So is the so, I guess the idea is they're gonna showcase the what the Connecticut more and maybe the new SBC possibly. Yeah, yeah, that's what it sounded like. Um, because he was on with uh, Matt Ties and and Garrett. Yes. And yep. that's when I heard that it sounds like Connecticut's gonna be the one they're gonna focus on. Obviously, it's a big that's a big launch. Uh, and it sounded like if they can get the SBC. To show it, maybe they will. Oh, that band looks so cool. Yeah, yeah. So they did a they did a good job with um, you know, like I said, I, I like to think I had a little to do with it, you know, because yes, you know, I put the idea out there. But hey, you 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 called your shot, man. I had no idea. I mean, I'm I'm being kidding. They had that in the works, I'm sure, for a while, but yeah, I had no idea they had still, it in the works. So yeah, still it was, but it was like the next day. <laughs> And and I saw Skip in Nicaragua, and I asked him if he heard the show because remember Skip was the one who leaked it out, and he was like, yeah. "Coop, honestly, I didn't see the show." He goes, "I'm not, I'm not lying oh. anyway, this one." I see, he goes, "I tell you the truth." So he said, "It just Called I said that was down. a weird coincidence." Is all, yeah. Oh well, it was perfect timing. Yeah, I believe Skip and all. I mean, it's not, but it was. I said, "Yeah, literally, the show came out Monday. You put this out, I think, on a Tuesday. It was like crazy." And I said, and I mm. showed Dave. I'm like, "Look at this." That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it'd be it'd be interesting, and even and at that booth, I mean, Skip will have what the Volstead there, and he has and and the, the first time Hero. he's had some, yeah. yeah. He hasn't had a you know it'll be the first time he's had like super new stuff in a while because usually it's yeah. just like line extensions or yeah. Really, this is the first like time Skip's back in three years. He was back last year, but really, he just had a an, a meeting area to talk to some retailers, right? Um, this year they're exhibiting, so it's good to see Romacraft back in there. Um, mm. and and you know I got to say, Skip always gives us a lot of ample time at the booth. Mm. He really, uh, he does a good job there. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him and uh, harassing him, and you know, <laughs> and harassing Mike, which I will, which I do. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so oh, no, uh, that'd yep. so, be great. Yep, yep. Um. Music news, Coop. There's lots of music news today. Yeah, yeah. In fact, there's one thing I left off. We have left off here. That I'll talk about too. Yep. Oh, look at that. Yep. So we'll just get to. Um, uh, there's a death in music. So people might not know this person. I mean, this was a very uh, band I really liked. I mean, it, it kind of depends, I guess, when you were sort of in college. I think because this is very a college. Yes. Band and the, it's a. Uh, John Rowan, um, and he was a drummer with the band Urge Overkill, which uh, Pulp Fiction everything came out when I was in college. So this was a big uh, band for me, and I really liked Urge Overkill. So he had the you might not he had the stage name of Blackie Onassis, and he wasn't their original drummer. Okay, but but he was the drummer that sort of came on like when they. Jumped to stardom, so he came on when they did that Neil Diamond cover, um, "Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon," and he just sort of like kicked off from there. So he 
he wasn't the original drummer, but he was sort of has been the drummer since that sort of peak time. Um, yeah, and so uh, <clears throat> um, the band, I mean, Urge Overkill was sort of huge in the, I would say, like mid to late nineties, probably. Yep. Um, and yeah, they're I, I really like them. Other uh, uh, band I really enjoyed. Uh, the track everybody knows probably is a cover of "Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon," which they covered and then was used in um, Pulp Fiction, right? Instead yep. of the original, and I, I know there's a story behind that. Why it was there not on the soundtrack, not the original? It must have been like a rights thing or something. I don't remember. Yep. But uh, that was there, and then the other big song that you may know of theirs is "Sister Havana." Which was another big song of theirs. Yeah, sort of I know. At the time. Um. So yeah. So so he passed away, unfortunately. Um. And he wasn't that old either, Coop. I think he was in like his late forties or something. That's not old at all. No. Um. So yeah. So so that that happened. I think last week. Yep. Uh, I got a lot of. I got a, a new review, a new feature on the site. I yep, want to mention. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So. Along with Father's Day coming up, it is also Pride Week. So happy Pride, everybody. Um I got a uh I got two things. I have a Harry Styles feature on the site and a uh Pride Month feature with um LGBTQIA plus artists to check out. Um I tried to go with ones coop that a lot of people might not have heard of. Right. So a couple a couple people probably have heard of, but some newer ones people might not have heard of just to sort of expand uh the music people are listening to. So check that out for Absolutely. Pride Good job, month. yep. Um and listen to some disco I've, during Pride Month too, everybody. Yes, definitely it's a do. Big movement of the of that community, yep. Yeah, and this, you know, look yep. it up. Yep. Man. Yep. Um, so happy Pride, everybody out there celebrating Pride. Live it up. Uh, and the Harry feature, Coop. I did a feature on Harry Styles. Where uh, yeah. their collaborations I want to see Harry Styles do. Because I, like, I want his next record to really branch out. So that was a bit of fun. I yeah, know. yeah. I saw that. Uh, good job on that one, too. Uh, like, kind of, I like when you do those features, by the way. They're a lot of fun. Uh, Dave kind of goes in, kind of goes into his crystal ball and wish list. That's right. I don't think any of them have come true. But right, right, right. But <laughs> it's fun to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, now this is one coop that we can talk about that I read, and I said I I texted you the article. Yes, but did. it's the the Beatles are using, and by Beatles I mean mainly Paul, uh, and Ringo's along for the ride, I guess. Yes, um, <laughs> is using AI to finish an old Beatles track and release it. So he's using the AI. So what, what they're doing is apparently, and I read a, another article on it, apparently for the Beatles show, the phenomenal Beatles documentary by Peter Jackson, what he did is he had, in order to, to do the segments where they pull out all the vocals and stuff, and you're like listening to isolated vocals. Right. He had this AI well, algorithm or whatever that he could program to like identify the vocal in a song and isolate it, you know, use that to isolate and pull the vocal out of any song. So like 
you'd program the AI to recognize the vocal and recognize all the instruments, and then they could punch in whatever they wanted. So they could punch in, like, pull the vocal, and it would be able to pull it out. Right. So a, a lot of times when you're listening to, like, vocal-only mixes and stuff, they just pot everything down. Like, they don't pull it out as such. Yeah, yeah. Um. So McCartney wants to use that AI that, that Jackson used to go to an old demo tape John did have a song called Now and Then and pull his vocal out of that demo tape and then just use it as you would any other track when you're mixing. So they would take this vocal out of this old demo tape, isolate it, make it its own track, and then what Paul would do is clean it up in production and add it to the song. Now, how is this Um, different than what they did in the anthology with Free as a Bird? Because... I guess the difference is this was still AI generated. Where I think the free as a bird stuff, they just patched it together. The actual, yeah. So, yeah. well, as the article, so the thing about it is that the difference from what I'm get gathering from Paul is that it could all. It also takes care of anything like in the background of the vocal. So one of the things about this vocal is it's on this like, and I I think it's also what it's recorded on. So this vocal's on some, like, really poor boombox tape right? of, like, him and his house. So he made this tape called, like, Songs for Paul. Mm-hmm. Lennon did. Okay. And then sent it to Paul. And it's this really bad where there's all this buzzing in the background because it's in his house. And so it can, it can isolate just the vocal out of all that background stuff and, like, lift it out. Right. Which I guess is different because you could do it kind of on anything. And so Paul, well, the thing Paul was sort of talking about is like in this article was that the way it's different is you can pull a vocal out of anything off of anything, so yes. off of really bad tape, off of whatever. So the quality of it is totally inconsequential. Right, right. I got that. Yep. Yeah. And I guess you use the AI. What the AI does is, like, just takes that to another level where it can it can totally isolate it. Right, right, got that, yeah. Um, where, where I guess when you see the headline, you think that they're using an AI to like recreate his voice. It's not necessarily that, but they're using the AI to, um, clean up and isolate his voice. Is what it sounds like. Um, got it. Yep. But it's interesting because this song was from like the late seventies. They were gonna put it out with that anthology coupe. Uh, but George Harrison. This is they're they're doing some songs. They were gonna do it, and George Harrison. It was like the twenty fifth anniversary or something. Yeah, and Harrison's like this song is terrible. I don't want to do this song. <laughs> it's like this song's trash. Yeah, I think it was a thirty. I mean, even thirtieth. The anthology. I think the anthology was actually thirtieth. Don't they released like say, two, the stuff they did yeah. on the anthology was awful. <laughs> yeah, well, they released apparently when they did yeah. that, they released they yeah. they cleaned up two old tracks and released them as new. Yeah, Free the Bird was just. A terrible Beatles track. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I think I get what they were trying to do. I mean, let me say, if you don't have the anthology series and you're a Beatles fan, get that. It's 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 rough cuts. It's everything you'd want. Yes. Rarities. It's it is good. I'm not saying everything's great, but it is good. Yeah. So he. So they were gonna do this song, and Harrison said that song's stupid. It's it's. I think the quote was, "It's fucking terrible." Was what he, <laughs> that's what he said, and he refused to do it. 
And John, Paul's just was sort of been sitting on it, like kicking it around. I think they still have to finish it. I think it's just like a couple verses in a chorus demo. So I think he has to like fill it out. Um, but yeah, so he had this interview, I think, with the Guardian or something, where this came up. And mm-hmm. no, it's interesting. So yep. I mean, I mean, any sort of any news of any possible new Beatles material is news. In I and mean, of this itself, is but... probably you're not going to get much more of this after this. So, yeah, no. And it's interesting because I think now a days. What you'll see is like with actors coop, where I think musicians will start signing contracts with labels and stuff that are going to not allow this to happen. A- any AI stuff after their death. Yeah. That's, you know, like actors are, are signing things where that you can't use their likeness after their death using AI and stuff like that. And yeah. And I, I think when they start turning over these um catalogs, it's probably going to start changing some. Uh, if there's not language in already, I think it's going to change it as well. Yeah. Because I, I when I read this, I'm like, would John have wanted that? Like, it's just a weird. Yeah. But you reckon, well, he get, he gave Paul the tape to use the song. So. He probably would have been cool with it. Right. But it's weird when you're doing it after someone's death because they really can't consent one way or another. You and, know? And, and you're doing this like 40 years after someone's death, like mm. over 40, almost 42 years almost. Yeah. So. But it, it, it's an interesting article and it's interesting, like how he was using it. And yeah. Um, so I don't know if this is getting released. I don't know if it was like, it sort of came up in the interview and it's not really it's how close it is to getting done. But uh, it was interesting to hear him sort of talking about using this AI to yeah get Lennon's voice on this track. Right. Which that presumably I don't see that what else is in the article. So I don't know if it's like they're going to use Lennon's voice and McCartney's going to use is going to put down new vocals like his vocals going to be new or not I don't know because in reading the article it sounded like they've worked on it in the past but they didn't finish it so I don't I'm not sure of how the entire mix is coming together but yeah yeah I, I don't know when they're releasing it or anything it's just in this in this interview and it was really interesting that is interesting yeah it's definitely worth, worth something to keep an eye on mm. all right my last bit of uh, news, and then I'll I'll uh, leave it to you, Coop. So, <clears throat> Die released two other songs from the upcoming Rockstar mm-hmm. double album. Um, she released. I can't. One was one is with uh, Judas Priest lead singer. R- yep. Speaking uh, of pride. Yep. He's uh, he's on it, and that track's like okay, but then she does. Uh, she does um, uh, Magic Man with what Anna Wilson? Uh, yep, from Heart. And oh my God, it's so good. I I have to still listen to both of those tracks. It was the equipment issues I've had this week have really wrecked havoc on my Spotify and everything this week. So yeah, her vocal so good, and I yeah. texted Coop about it. I think yep, I yep, that yep, yeah. You were very excited about. It. You still, I know you're still worried about Purple Rain. I have some confidence. I am worried about it, but I, I, I gotta say, and I, and I have my notes here. Dolly's Rockstar could be your best record since maybe The Grass Is Blue in 1999. You, you know, Dave, I keep wondering. I was wondering if they were gonna try to get this out before the Grammy deadline, 
But I wonder now if they well, can that get could be double. why they're releasing so many singles. That's what I'm saying. And they get a double hit with this, where they get the singles in this year and the album yeah. goes next year. So I was actually I mean, wondering about that. Yeah. That's what bands do now, man. I know Coldplay used to do that a lot. I mean, your yeah. band, your band did that. Tears I mean, for Fears, uh, did, Tears yep. for Fears did that. So they weren't done with the whole album, but they could put a couple singles out before Grammys. I reckon that's what she's doing. Um, I, I want, I, I mean, what you'd have to nominate it in what rock? Would you? You'd have to. You can't nominate a country. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They'll probably go pop. They'll okay. probably put it into the pop category. The Grammys will make if they want to get that nominated, they will find a slot to get that nominated. It's, it's right. like what I've seen. I think they'll nominate the uh, "World's on Fire," the the original she's done. Yeah, I think that will be the one. But that would explain why they're releasing so many singles. That, that's um, what I would say. If that's what they'll go, we'll go with the single. Yeah, they'll go with the original stuff. I I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I don't know. Like covers, I it's a, I don't know how Grammys have done. Typically, record of the year, they don't go with a lot of covers. So they, they don't do well. But your guy, that out Al, Shaggy's album was uh, nominated. Al- albums are a different story. Albums yeah. they will go with covers and greatest hits and live album, but record of the year tends to be more and song no, of the year yeah. more original. Yeah, I agree. Definitely song of the year is original composition. Record of the year tends to be original as well. I think. I mean, I think. I mean, I think that's why. I mean, <clears throat> like I said, her vocal on it. It's the best. Like I said, I, ha- I have to listen. Twenty years. Yep, I have to listen for sure. Um, once my laptop situation resolves itself, so. Laptops well, resolve themselves. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> well, I have to say, as a Dolly fan, she's definitely not mailing it in. Like, she is going for it. So, she, I mean, there's an energy on these tracks in her vocal that I haven't heard yeah. in a while. So. Yeah, I, I agree. It's I not like, agree, yeah. it's, it's not just, you know, going through the motions. I keep wondering if this, well, did she have this in mind before she cut the whole nomination happened? Oh, she or, had to have. I mean, had the it. amount of and then when she got the album, it, yeah, yeah, I think she, she had, had to get to. Paul McCartney and Ringo. You get and you Ring- just, well, I mean, maybe it's Dolly. Maybe she can just make a phone call. But no, yeah, I mean, I mean, I do believe that some of those collaborations came from the Hall of Fame class because, like I mentioned, I'm that sure Hall of Fame have. class was was a very tight. They all really liked each other, though, and you could, if you watch some of the behind the scenes, you could see how they got to know each other. So, um, what, yeah. what I could see, Coop, what I could see, because Chris, because Chris Stapleton's on here, and that's a pretty easy call for Dolly to make. And right. Stapleton would probably do a Dolly song and drop yeah. a hat. Um, I would say what could have been is she could have had a couple of these already in the works for like another album, and then but, said, "Hey, yeah." Yeah, but hey, let's make a rock album and and keep them. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I could see that. It's, the project is so massive. If for folks that are, it's a, it's a it's huge four. It's four albums, right? It's a four yeah. album. This is not like eight songs. It's like, it's like thirty-two tracks or something. Yeah, yeah. This is a major. This is a major project. I don't care if it's three quarters covers. It's still a major project. I want to hear after it's released. I want to hear some interviews with her about like putting it together. Cause it's just, it's huge, and like how she did that, or decided yep. who to even have, or like what. It's crazy huge. I mean, the only thing would be if she has such 
star power at these people that like literally getting them to commit to it was just like a phone call. Yeah. But I would just think scheduling like for Paul and everything would just be crazy. So I, I, that's why it had to have been, if not finalized, like definitely in the works before she announced it or whatever. Yep. But I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. I think that's exactly what happened. It's, it's so big. Yep. yep. November it comes out, I think. November, I think around Thanksgiving it comes out. I think it's a late November thing. Four records, man. It is yep. huge. Yep. Now, will you squeeze these songs? Well, I guess some of the songs could qualify for your end of year list already. So, well, these, these, these can definitely. Yeah, they definitely can. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, yeah. Or I could I could pull a Taylor Swift and just like make the cutoff date whenever the album's released. Right, right. <laughs> That's what I did for her. That's why you're gonna see in the Grammys this year. You're gonna see a lot of uh, T Swift, man. Oh yeah, because. Uh, that's uh, that's because that that was just after their I, release date. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know. Which is uh, always weird. Very weird, yeah. But this, I mean, just to talk really quick, and then I'll I'll we'll move on. But I gotta say, this year, Coop, compared to last year, which was probably the biggest released year of the last decade, this year for music, man, it is sparse. It's like, been sparse. I mean, I just yeah. I am again. I'm a little behind on stuff. Another thing I haven't listened to is Paul Simon's new album as well. So I'm kind of curious to see because I thought he was retired. Now he's got something out. So but I agree. It's been a it's not been a great year this year. I thought it would continue some of the momentum and we I have not seen it yet. No, I think and we're getting into summer music. So season. Huge. You know, yeah. is there going to be that big summer song this year? It's not that summer yeah. song. You know, we're. we're we're past Memorial Day, you know, almost a yep. month now, so we should be seeing that summer song coming. It hasn't hit yet. No, I mean, maybe it will. I mean, if you think of last year, last year we had Harry, Lizzo, Taylor Swift. Uh, who else put out records this last year? So Harry, Lizzo, Taylor Swift, Rihanna put out the first new music in like seven years. Yeah. I mean, it was just. Yeah. A massive yeah. release year. Yeah, no, I know. Pink, Pink put out an album like it was huge. Yeah, no, it was definitely a big year. So this year is a bit of a and, letdown, and a but and a lot of like the older guys who I tend to like, they've made some like the like Pet Shop Boys. I'd say a minor dent. Um, EP though, it's an EP. That's exactly where I'm going with that. Yeah. So, you know. I'm, and I know I'm leaving a couple of others out too, but it, it no one's made that major dent either. Um, is what I'm saying. There has to be a tipping point this year. No, yeah, yeah. the tipping point tipped early because they released yeah. so much early. But I mean, there hasn't been that 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 comeback album that's been like whoa and done. You know, yeah. Like exactly. tipping point has yeah exactly a tipping point going in at number one. Yeah. Now, the, I mean, uh, I gotta still, it. I gotta still like dig around a, a bit and everything, but you know, bit of a letdown. I mean, that 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 could be why Dolly could be the one this year. Yeah, the album to make the big dent. Oh, the song's so good. Yeah. Um, do you have other music news, Coop? One item. Yep. So, and uh, I should have put this in the notes, and I forgot, but I did mention Ooh. this to you. Bill Wyman. 
is returning yes. to the Rolling Stones. For, the Stones are actually cutting a new studio album. Are they? Yeah. So Bill Wyman is a longtime bass player. He left the band 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Bill Wyman is going to be 87 years old in October. Jesus Christ. Okay. Bill Wyman is old. He's much old. He was always the older guy, which is why he retired originally. Like 30. We're talking 87 year old Bill Wyman. He's 86 now. Bill Wyman is going to be in the studio. Now, he's only doing one song from what I heard. But oh, I, well, still, yeah. I still think that is an amazing, uh, an amazing thing. But he, apparently, they got him in there. Uh, because of the, they're doing this, they, they want to do this album as a tribute to Charlie Watts, uh, who died in 2021 from, from throat cancer. And uh, Mick Jagger called Wyman, um, and uh, invited him in there. So, uh, when they told him, I guess, when they told him, um, it was for Charlie, he said, I'm in. And I guess there is going to be some drumming from Charlie Watts that's going to be incorporated into that album that's ah. probably pre-recorded as well. Now, here's the other thing, okay? Something's going on with Paul and Ringo. Okay, here we go. What's Paul up? Ringo are going to be playing on the album, too. Oh, really? Yes. Supposedly, they're going to be... It's it's going to be bass and drums. So it's sounding like... Uh, huh. And we don't know how many songs it is, but this was reported by the New York Post, um, which is okay, which is I say accurate on stuff like this. So, um, that I don't know what's going on with Paul and Ringo. To me, I almost think, and look, they're both in there. They're both eighty and eighty-two, respectively. I wouldn't be surprised if there is they do something together. They do a record, like a- I, I, they could I. More, I don't think they'll tour. I think what the the angle they'll go at is HBO special. That's and they'll okay. do one show. Okay. I think that's the way they'll go with it. If I had to make a prediction, but but it, this is not the second thing we've heard about these guys. Like I said, getting getting um, no, they're getting together on Dolly's record. They're getting together on Dolly's record, and now they're getting together on the Stones. And you know, we were doing you know we were doing Revolver a few weeks ago. There was a rivalry, but they were also friends, these guys. They had a very good relationship together. So the Stones, I mean, this is a this is a huge deal. I mean, again, we're, we're talking about guys in their late 70s, early 80s doing these albums. It's, it's mind-boggling. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like uh, Dolly and Anna Wilson. I mean, I think they're both – I think Dolly's 71 and Anna Wilson's like 72. Yeah. I mean, putting it out. But – but like, it, it it sounds like they could do a bit of like a Page and Plant thing. Remember when Page and Plant came out with the record? Yeah, uh, and toured with that. I mean, that would have been in the what early nineties, maybe like nineties. I want to say it was later than that, but but yeah, ninety three. It, it was in the nineties, I think. Anyway, but maybe later, maybe ninety ninety three, ninety four, but. They made an album, which is sort of like the closest thing you're going to get to Le- yeah. a Led Zeppelin reunion, and then they toured it. And yeah. I think even on the album, there were songs with like Plant, uh, Page, and John Paul Jones, who did stuff with Crooked Vulture. Yeah. But, uh, and it was the closest thing you're going to get to, and I saw them in concert. Yeah. Because like, it was the closest I'm going to get to Zeppelin. You know, and, you know. Yeah. So they could be doing that, like kind of a a Ringo Paul record, maybe. 
Yeah, it could. I mean, I I would see. My guess would be an EP if they did it, something like that. Yeah, I don't. Would be sort of like the closest you get to to seeing the Beatles again. You know, Ringo has done some stuff with Paul. Uh, yep. like in the eighties, I think he was drumming on "Give My Regards to Broad Street," which was a very forgettable Paul McCartney album. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, so you know, but Paul McCartney had in when Paul McCartney was touring solo, Abe Labriel. I don't know if you ever saw the big, the big drummer he had. That guy was an amazing drummer. So it was like, I don't think Ringo had a place back then. The tour was. No. Um, Ringo, a solid drummer, but he's but this guy Abe was a beast on the drums for McCartney. Um, hmm. so now, I, I these guys have to be looking at this, saying, "This is it, man." You know, it's yeah. just us two. You know, we we get along. What you know. So I think you're gonna see this as a trend. I don't. I, like I said, it's it's gonna be more than just the dolly and more than just the stunt. I think something is gonna come of this. Yeah, I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me. Yep. Um. So, go mm. figure. Go so figure. cigar news, Coop. You gotta yes. have something. So yeah, it, a lot of PCA news is coming in. Now I start looking at companies and who's gonna be a star of the trade show, and. I don't know if this is going to be my number one company to look at for, for the trade show, but they're having a big trade show this year, and it's mm. Oscar Valadares. Yes. So three releases are coming from Oscar, and we had Aaron Nielsen. We were in a, doing our PCA show, and Nielsen made a great point. He said they're doing – instead of just like throwing something at the wall and coming out with new brands, they're yeah. like taking their really strong points and they're – strengthening them more, right? So, for mm-hmm. example, the Oscar, which is one of their popular cigars, that's the one with the Candela mm-hmm. sleeve, mm-hmm. Um, they're coming out with an Oscar Connecticut. Right. Yep. Then, 2012 by Oscar, I think you and I have smoked some of them. Yes, they're good. Uh, they're coming out with a, uh, a, that's the Barber Poles, and you know, mm-hmm. the Corojos, and they're coming out with a Sumatra in that one. Okay, right, right. all right. Yeah. And then, What's happened is Leaf by Oscar has now been folded under Oscar completely. So Jim Robinson, okay. I think, is slowly kind of phasing out of there. So right. they're releasing the 10th anniversary of Leaf by Oscar using a Criollo wrapper. Okay. So a big um, a big year for you know Oscar, for sure. Mm. The other thing I'll just mention is we're also seeing a bit of the year of the Connecticut surface. Yes. And there's some high-profile Connecticut. Mm-hmm. We just mentioned that Oscar, that Oscar Connecticut, uh, La Roma de Cuba, and Ashton's come out with a Connecticut. They just mm-hmm. started shipping that. Agonorsa Leaf's got the Anniversario Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Uh, HVC's got the Hotcake Connecticut, and I'm pretty excited. Oh. I know Loomis is pretty excited about that too. So we're seeing companies definitely do some Connecticut's this year. Uh, maybe there's not a, the. Maybe not the volume of Connecticut's, but yeah. higher profile Connecticut's. Uh, these yeah, are going to be major... Connecticut. Yeah. Oh, Postania. Yep. Exactly. And and like we're talking about it off air, but uh, or on air, um, the the Knuckle Sandwich Connecticut that's already been released. Right, and they'll be um, right. they'll feature that'll be a featured cigar by Espinosa because it only came out a few months ago. So I'm sure yeah. they're going to be taking a lot of orders for that at the trade show. So yeah, you're connected. We saw that. When was that? Maybe. Oh, what? Maybe eight years ago, Coop. 
Yeah. We saw another where, year of the Connecticut where yeah. like Yeah. And then Surgeon, my father came out with one and Yeah. It was all about it was all about like really really strong punchy fillers with the those Connecticut pun- rappers. Right. Those were those punchy exactly. Those were when those bolder Connecticut's came out. Yeah. And, and you know, John has kind of said there's been I think other years of the Connecticut. And you could dispute them. It seems that, but I think the point is, it is kind of a cyclic thing. We seem mm. to see these waves of Connecticut. I think 2000, uh, 2012 was a big Connecticut year, from what I remember. Mm. The one in Orlando. Mm. That's when the Nestor Miranda Connecticut came out. Um, mm. So, so we, we, it goes in cycles. I think this year we're back on that cycle of year of the Connecticut. Mm. Interesting. Yep. Other cigar news coop because I just have one thing I'd like to to. Mention. Um, there's another a couple of other things. Just I'll note is Ooh. um Rocky Patel's big release is going to be called Conviction this year. Uh, okay, it's a cigar I'm really looking forward to because um, it, it it's a small batch release and it's a San Andreas and and I, I've said this I don't know if everyone agrees with me I, I some people don't I think Rocky is knocking out of the park with Connecticut Shade cigars right now I don't think anyone's doing better Connecticut Shade. Oh, it's actually San Andreas. Yeah, San Andreas. San Andreas. Yeah, San Andreas. So he's doing a really, really good job with that stuff. Mm. And um, to me, it's uh, exciting. And then the other piece of news, how can we forget? Um, the Warhead 9. Yes. Is, they've already started shipping mention. that. They've already started shipping that. It's going to be a 6x56 Perfecto. Um, I need that cigar so bad. So uh, there'll be 5,000 boxes. There'll be no problem getting this. Oh, it uh, no, I'm excited. I saw it. Um, yeah, now, uh, um, have they ever done this size before? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. They did like, no, have they? They, they, done, have they. they did a smaller perfecto, a smaller like one, six. yeah, a bigger perfecto. Yeah, I don't think I've seen anything like this size before, so um. I, you know, it looked like uh, like a much longer Perfecto, it looked like. Yes. Yeah. So uh, they did a lot of boxes. So 5,000 boxes for Espinosa is a big, big amount. Of, that's okay. 10 times the amount of they did of Knuckle Sandwich 55s. So. Wow. Okay. I mean, this is, this, is a mon- this is a monster project that they have. Um, the Warhead has become one of the best, you know, it's all, it consistently makes the coupe list every year. Oh yeah, I think only one warhead missed it. I think only one warhead yeah. missed it, and it was close, right? So yeah, they sell out of them, and but they they tend to make enough of them to get through the year with. Do you have a Do you have a favorite coupe? You know, I think the Warhead Six was my favorite with right. the Lancero or close. That Lancero was really good, oh, and I'm not a Lancero yeah. guy, you know. But that was that three was good too. Um, I think my least favorite was the four, but that was the one. It, yes. that wasn't, ter- it wasn't a terrible. It's still very good. No. Uh, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that three is good. I love the two as well. I smoked a ton of the two. Yeah. 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 I agree. The two, I thought outdid the one, actually. Yeah. And then the three outdid the two. Oh, um, the th- Lancero. And, and I, I really think Hector worked that land to work. That, that had to take some work to put that blend in a Lancero where. Oh, it, yeah. It didn't like. 
stink. Because <laughs> so was, was, was it box press as well? It box yeah, press, it, it was box yeah. press. And it was box press as a 38 ring gauge. So yeah. it was a really slender cigar. Oh, so um, good. Yeah. But I, I think that's six with a little perfecto size. Yes. And I know box press is the whole Warhead mantra. A lot of them are box press. But that six was mm. was mm-hmm. powerful. And then oh, yeah. seven was the was the most mellow. Yeah. Not that it was a weak cigar, no. but six right. was yeah. so strong and but it was so flavorful. Seven well, was you, the opposite. It was we it was it was dialed back, but it was still very flavorful. Well, you gotta be excited for this this cigar then. Yeah, I am. If you if you're liking I, that one. Yep. So uh, I I'm hoping to get some when I go to Florida next week. Uh I'm I'm basically gonna tell Hector to bring you got five thousand boxes, Hector. I'm sure there's a couple of Yeah, come on, come on, Hector. Yeah. You you won the you won the battle of the bands. You gotta help help a brother out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now he's very generous, Hector. And every, whenever <laughs> yeah, I go, Hector's yeah. the best. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. He is the best. Absolutely, they're they're very generous. So, uh, so yeah, that's some exciting news to come out um, this week. Oh, love that word. Uh, back to the Valley B Palettes review. Get them back on on uh, the radar here. Now they're doing the Gurkha Ghost Connecticut, and right. they didn't like it. And it, it it brought up a question in my head, like, what are some good Gurkhas? Because I've never, I've never had good luck. Uh, with them. Okay, Aaron will agree with this. Okay, because we actually had this conversation. The best Gurkha I've had in a while, and I haven't put the review on Coop yet, was one that was released last year. It was a Connecticut called the Collection Especial. A really good, very good Gurkha. It was. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think the seller, the original seller reserve, was pretty good. Mm-hmm. That that was not a bad cigar. Um, the Nicaragua was was again. Now you get into not bad, right? Uh, but, <laughs> right, but the I was disappointed in that ghost as well. Or at I... least, or at least how I initially smoked that cigar. Uh I thought the original ghost, the Maduro, was it wasn't. I thought it was. If you liked our Paraca, it was a good cigar. It wasn't really my mm. cup of tea, though. I'll be honest with you. Okay. Um, right. but yeah, I know Loomis had high hopes for this one. Um, mm. and uh, it um, it didn't Seth do well. Destroyed it. Seth destroyed this. Cigar. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I, I want to pull up his comment here. Uh, because Seth. Okay, here's what Seth mentions. It's tough when you smoke Connecticut offering. By Gurkha out of PDR that is good, only to spoke another one is complete opposite. If you're curious, mm-hmm. I'm talking about the Gurkha Collection Especial. So yeah, I mean they that collection. Seth and I have had that conversation. Aaron liked the Collection Especial as well, but the this almost seemed like it was. Hey, let's use some of the cheaper tobaccos here. Uh, just all right. Yeah, um, they did not like it. They did not like. It. Seth was said it was close to smoking paper. Hey. Yeah. You don't want that. Yep. Oh. Yep. So they uh the scores across the board were uh uh Surgeon six point one oh June well, five point seven five Aaron five point six five and yeah. Seth four point oh three. I mean he just destroyed it. Seth when Seth doesn't like a cigar, man, yeah. he uh let's let's it be known. Yeah. I uh so yeah, hey, I'll check that out. And if you in the com, you out there listening are like, hey, I know some good Gurkha cigars. Email me cigarjukebox at gmail dot com. Yep. 
because I've not had good luck. Uh, oh, the revenants are pretty. The revenants are pretty good too. If you haven't got your hands on the revenants, they're pretty good. Okay. Okay. Yep. yep. But again, we, we, you know, I think the best one, Dave, is, and I, you know what, I'll send you. I have a, I have some collection of specials. I'll send. So I can send if I have. Like, let me see if I have them. I got to double check that I still have some. Because uh, man, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to avoid I pulled, your brand. If but I, I just pulled, never, haven't had luck. You know, they do so much stuff for the catalogs too. That's the other part of it. it dilutes it. Yeah. Yeah. But they tend what they tend to do, Dave, and I talked about this on the show the other night too. They throw stuff at the wall and try to get mm. a brand to stick, right? And I don't right. think they do a good job at building brands. Like Ghost is one mm. case where they're building that ghost brand with different blends. Mm-hmm. Even though maybe this wasn't a good cigar. But you know, you get all these other things like the Gurkha Pan American. Yeah. You know the Gurkha Real, and it's just like it's tiring. I mean, they need to put some structure into the portfolio, I think, and some continuity right. with that. Yeah. Well, moving from a cigar brand that I have no idea what's good and what's not uh-huh. to what I'm smoking today, Coop, and it'll link in with one of my songs. I'm going with the. Uh, Dirty Rat. I was wondering about how this linked in with the project tonight. Okay. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah, it'll, okay. It'll all be clear. Okay. We got got the Dirty Rat, and this is, uh, what's the Unico series or whatever it is? That was the first Unico series, yep. That That's a great great series. You got the, what, the, the Lancero in that series. There's a lot of cigars in that series now. Um, I think there's about 15 or 16 of them in there. You have the, the Feral Pig, the I feral, think it is. Yeah, and that's the one size one blend concept. The yeah. UF 13s, uh, yes, UF 13s are great. Some cigar. of them, you know, they're doing like you're the oxes and you're the rabbits now, too. They're part of those tend to go uh, the harder to get, but yeah, I, I do really like this cigar. It's a good, it's a good corona size. It's got it's like that, that wrapper is so dark and yeah, it's just great. Cigar. Yep. yep, I mean, I remember the year I started doing coop was the year Dirty Rapper got released. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's 13 years. Nice. Yep. You got a very special cigar, Coop. Yeah, so I am smoking uh, because we're doing soundtracks, which is kind of a personal connection. So a guy who had a, uh, made cigars with a personal connection to music was Avo. So this is the Avo uh, LEO5, 30th anniversary edition. So I'll kind of briefly explain the story with this cigar. Um. Avo for many years has done a a birthday cigar like an LE LE three mm. LE tens LE fourteens right, and they did this thing one year where they took all the LEs and they put it into a sampler called Avo's Greatest Hits, and I bought like four of those samplers. I still have one unopened, mm. by the way. I'm waiting ten years to open. Yeah. Um, but one cigar that was missing was the LE five, and at the time they they had to recreate some of those blends. They couldn't recreate the LE5. Mm. So it got released with, without the LE5. Then came Abo's 30th anniversary five years ago, and they managed to get the blend recreated. So it, that's why it has this 30th anniversary blend, a uh, band, but it's the same mm. blend. So this is a five-year-old version of that release because it was a one-time release they did of this. Uh, oh, nice. In 2018. So there's some age on this sucker. Oh, this yeah. Year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fire this guy up right now. But I figured it's very much tied into what we're doing tonight. Uh like I said, I think this was a personal we're calling this personal soundtracks. And I think uh 
when we get into it, like I said, I think it's a little different kind of a project we've done compared to like when we do artists and album archaeologies mm. where we where we dig into the music. I think this is gonna be a little different where we talk about how it connects with us more. Yes. Yeah. Now, so let's let's just get into it, Coop. Yep. So this came up when Hector was on the show last. He was talking about the song Sexy Motherfucker from Prince. Yeah. Prince. And he's like, this is a song that, you know, plays for me as I'm walking down the street. Like in my soundtrack of my life, I'm walking down the street. This is the song that's playing in the background. Yeah, right. So I was like, oh, is that great? And I said, so I brought up this idea with Coop, and I think we, which is going to be interesting, we took it in two different directions. We did. Very interesting. We did, sort of. Uh, sort I of. definitely, and part of mine definitely went in a different direction, but there's a couple I think that I see where you're going. Yeah, but we took this in a different direction, how we're going to do this. So I did it as if I took different moods. I, I have two kinds of tracks. So I have different moods, like different. Like if I have different moods in my life or in my day, what song would be playing in the background if my life was a movie? What song would be playing in the background of that scene? And then I went kind of off script kind of a bit. And I was like, if I was in a movie, this is the song that would be playing for me in this scene. This is what I went. So I kind of went a, a couple different ways. It, it it It's not as biographical as I think yours is going to be. Yep. Um. But it's just like, I don't know, thinking of these general moments in your life and then like songs I would play over them, basically. Yeah. And so how did how did you approach yours, Coop? Um, so yeah. So here's the thing I say when Dave and I came up when Dave came up with the concept, I said, I'm in. And they said Dave says, Hey, I'm gonna prep some notes for this. Now, what I normally do a lot of times is I go off and I start doing my my thing, and that's what I did here. And I decided to take it for the most part into a biographical thing so there's a lot of things that relate to events in my life and things in my life and people in my life mm. um i want to say there is a couple of songs that just kind of deal with how i approach things mm. um and then i do have one mood song in there and and that was put in there before i knew what your songs were okay so right um but but um so there's, like I said, you, you, I think about there's some of these, like you said, they're going to relate to things in my life. And then there's a couple which are just a little wild card. And then there's one where I just said I have to put this band in here because it wouldn't be a soundtrack without it. It wouldn't be Actually, a two cases, it, yeah. two cases, but one one tied to an event. The other one didn't. So you, you'll kind of see as I get into that. Now, the the what I'm going to say is there is one song that Dave has that. I was going to use for the 10. Okay. Mm. And it wasn't a big deal because I usually try not to do overlap. So I always have something else. And, and I, but I was shocked Dave had the song. That was what was shocked me. So, oh, really? So, so, yeah, that was what shocked me on this one. So we'll get Ooh. to that when we get to it and see if, uh, see if you can guess what it is along the way. I think I know which one it might be. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, this is great. It's, oh. it's, it's I love these yeah. theme shows. Yeah, yeah go so, ahead, Coop. So, Dave, I did one other thing, and I didn't really talk to you about this. So that's fine. Um, I did do some album construction on this. Oh, so I, I arranged this. I arranged this how I'd want it on the soundtrack. Right. So, so if that, you right, so they're pressing the soundtrack. They got the plates ready. 
Right, I mean, the vinyl. Right, so that's your your order. Yeah, I think I flipped one thing in the order. I I think if you saw the nose, I only flipped one thing in the order. But uh, yeah, that was it. Oh, nice. Well, I hey, looking at mine, I didn't think of construction, but I got good opening and closing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just something I decided to do. Uh, and we'll see. You, we'll talk about as we get through it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll let you kick off. Okay. With the. Phenomenal. We talked about this band. This yep. is phenomenal. Yep. So, um, the story of my life, I was born December 5th, 1967, uh, in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. Um, I, I wanted to find a song from December of 1967, uh, but I couldn't get the Brooklyn theme quite with what I wanted. Uh, right, so okay. I pulled up the Billboard Top Hot 100. And the song that was number one was I said, you know, whatever song is number one, as long as I like the song and I can relate to the song, I'll put it in there. And I was to my surprise, uh, it was Daydream Believer by the Monkees. Great track. And it's a great track. And I'm a daydreamer. Right. I'm a daydreamer. So I'm like, this is a really a. It's almost like a little bit of karma I had with this to say, um, yeah, I'm I'm a daydreamer. Uh, this is a really good track. I enjoy it. And actually, I think it kicks off my soundtrack pretty well. So I was like, it just was like the perfect storm. So it was an easy selection for me to go and do that. Um, and we, we've talked about this song, I know, a lot. And again, if you're – I'm not a big music video guy, but the monkeys, the last minute of that music video, they're all – Fighting to get in front of the camera is kind of funny and stuff. So it's a great, it's a great little track, and I think it sets a nice positive vibe off. Hopefully, for my soundtrack to begin with. No, that's great. We talked about the monkeys before yep. on the show. We, we're yep. we're monkeys yep. fans. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Nice. So, uh, oh, I love it. I just looked up mine because uh, I was born. I was born September twenty ninth, nineteen seventy five. a disc. There may be a disco song number one. Fame by David Bowie. Oh, and I, there you go. Pretty good. Yeah. The Dave, that's a good one. I, Dave went completely different, by the way, in a different direction to open his soundtrack. And I love what he I did. did. Yeah. All right. So I did like, if my, like, if I was living a, a movie, essentially. Uh, and this is what, what goes with the Dirty Rat. So Hector's talking about sexy motherfucker would play as he's walking down the street. Right. For me, I'm walking down the street. I got my sunglasses on, maybe a leather jacket. Maybe this, maybe the scene is in slow mo, and the track would be ACDC's "Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap." That guitar riff is so good. I can see Dave strutting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and it's such a great, and of course, it's got Bon Scott. Um, which is you know, the, the real ACDC, in my opinion. Um, and it's just a great, I love that track. I love the track. The album cover is awesome, where they like have have those black bars over everybody's yeah. eyes and stuff. Yep. It's so cool. Um, yeah. So I, I went I went to Dirty D just with that opening guitar lick, man. Yeah. And then it's the Dirty Rat. Yep. That's a good. That was oh. the dirty. That was the tie-in. Yeah. Now I get what the tie-in was with that. I was like, but yeah, it was kind of like yeah. That was a. I didn't. I didn't see that one coming as your opening like, track. Uh, 
Yeah. You're like, is Dave, does Dave want to be an assassin? Like, what is he, what is he doing? <laughs> right. Is he a hitman? Right. No. Yeah. Ooh. Here we go. You're number two here. Ironically, Dave, this deals with walking as well. Okay. <laughs> All right. But let me kind of, okay. Let me kind of, so I had to put one as, uh, again, I talked about Brooklyn. So I have to get Brooklyn. I have two Brooklyn related songs in this. All right. This is the first one. I had to go to the disco era and I had to go to Saturday Night Fever. And the song I picked is a song everyone's heard, but they probably don't know the name of the song. And they don't know the artist, but the artist is a band by the name of Walter Murphy. And the song is A Fifth mm. of Beethoven. Mm-hmm. All right. So you talk about movie scene, right? <laughs> In Saturday Night Fever, this is the famous scene where Tony Monero comes walk, walks into 2001 Odyssey with his entourage. And <laughs> yeah. as they're walking, the aisle clears. <laughs> okay. I was not Tony Monero. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I was gonna say, but I was. I hung out with the Tony Monero type of character. You'd be the entourage. You'd be in the entourage. I was in the entourage. I was the guy. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was that guy who was in the entourage. Uh, as long as I, like, I hung out with the cool guy, and uh, you know, I was lucky to hang out with some pretty cool guys. And that's what we. Yeah. So there were scenes I could tell you where uh, you know, this is my my friend Mike who go in there, and he just had he had a way and a charisma that he could <laughs> control the room, and we just we just let him spread his wings, kind of. Yeah. That. Yeah, man. Uh, but there is a there is a rush with that. Okay. It's a, it, and this was something that you know again. And the, the ironic thing is, this was done on Staten Island by me, not in Brooklyn. Right. Yeah. Right. I'd already, but but it was so reminiscent of that Saturday Night Fever scene, which I think is um yeah is, is cool. You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, we have we get a very nice reception at PCA sometimes. So um, but I'm definitely not Tony Monero either. Are you Tony Monero? But, but, but it's kind of cool when people when people see us and they come up to us, and we always like when people come up and talk to us too. But um, but yeah, it, it's this, this was this, I had, I only put one disco song in Dave. It was a tough one. Yeah. I figured we may, be, we may be doing sequel soundtracks. So I don't want to, oh. yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Coop. Go ahead. Well, I, I think I can see us doing this again because I, we only got 10 songs. Oh yeah. I told Coop, like I made this list in like a minute and a half. Like songs were just, I could do this show a thousand times. Yeah, yep. Yep. So I love it. If you haven't heard Fifth of Beethoven, that is a great disco song, by the way. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's that. Yeah. It's instrument. It's entirely instrumental. Uh, and it's got a Beethoven vibe on the disco floor is what I'll tell people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I didn't this see this one coming be... either, Dave. I got to say this one. So I got my dirty deeds walking down the street. Right. But right. you're not, you know, you're not Mr. Cool Guy all the right. time. Right. So sometimes you'd be walking down the street and you're just like, you know, in a funky mood, right? So I have my other like soundtrack walking down the street song is uh, Cool in the Gang's Funky Stuff. Uh, and I think I have to credit Coop here with, uh, I think you assigned Cool in the Gang with my I comfort did, zone. I, I did. Yes, I did. Just get Dave to listen to Cool in the Gang. So now I'm all about like, Old school cool in the gang and and uh yeah so, that's, the, that's the way to go cool in the gang by the way too. Yeah, so funky stuff was part was part of that lesson I had learned and so it's made it onto my my soundtrack. And if you hear the song, you picture yourself walking down the street, you know, pointing at people, how you doing? Yep. Throwing out the six guns. Woo! 
with this uh with the song. It's great. Yep. Was now was that the song that you that you had? Because I'm trying to no, figure out what it was. No, it was not. It was not that song. Ooh. It was a good pick. Okay. I was wondering if like did Dave get influenced by when I did the Cool in the Gang? Oh, Dave? definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, and, and look, I I agree with you. This when Cool in the Gang got away from funk, they weren't bad, but it, mm. they were just they were just such funk. They were so instrumental oh. in that that funk era. Yeah, in the early seventies. Like Hollywood swinging stuff, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, yep. Yeah. All right, okay. So let's uh, we're we're moving through Coop's. I do. There's there's a a couple bands I didn't know it's Coop's that, that I knew like for sure would be on there. Yeah. Uh, this is one. Yeah, I I think I talked about I've been talking about, about my friends who I hung out with. I talked about mm. them with the Phil Collins show. I just talked about an example of um the, these are guys I I kind of hung with, um and um. We th- we were living on Staten Island by this point, so this is I'm in my teen years right now, and I I think I mentioned on the Phil Collins show. Phil Collins was a band that kind of we all had a tie with, but but Rush was another band that we really tied well with. And mm. you know there, there's a song they did called Subdivisions, and I think a mm. lot of us who grew up at high school on Staten Island, we related to this song, right? Uh, and the, the chorus goes, in the high school halls, in the shopping malls, conform or be cast out. And I think a lot of us dealt with that in mm. high school about trying to conform, trying to be someone we weren't trying to be. Um, yep. And, you know, a lot of times, like the group I hung out with, they were a pretty cool group, right? But, you know, there, I think there were other times we, we felt a little isolated too. Especially, mm-hmm. I think I, I think at first we 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 had, a, I think we became less popular actually as yeah. high school went. Because I think we just started just not conforming to certain things. Like, um, mm. and, uh, you know, whether it was the peer pressure or drugs or alcohol, yeah, um, th- things like that. You know, so in that, Staten Island, unfortunately, that the high schools that's how they all were um, when I was growing up. So this song really, I thought, was kind of a, a great capturing of uh, you know, you know, having to deal with that. Uh, I think, like I said, even if you were popular, I don't say again. I'm not saying I was the popular, but I hung out with some guys who were pretty popular, and. It was interesting to see them kind of not conform uh, as as time went on. So it was it was an interesting time. It's it, so like related to the song very well. It's a it's from the Signals album of Rush in 1981. Nice, yeah. No, I like some Rush in there. It's a great great song. Um, yeah, I thought there'd be some some Rush on there. Yep, I tried to go one art uh, one artist per song. I that was a little tough, but I did. Now, Coop. I had some fun songs in the beginning, but every now and then we get a bit down. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we get, this is yeah. a good song. This is, I love this song, by the way. It's a good one. I, I love this song. I love this band. But if I, when I'm sad, you know, just feeling sad for myself, having a bad day, I'm staring at the window, feeling mopey, feeling down. In the background, playing in the background would be The Carpenters, Rainy Days and Mondays. Yeah. That is the classic. I'm staring out the window, sad. And I mean, it doesn't help that like Ken Carpenter is like the most tragic figure in music. As well. I know, but I love the Carpenters. I was just with my wife and I were just listening yesterday to Carpenters Gold, the best, the greatest hits record. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that Rainy Days and Mondays would be my my I'm we, feeling sad song. You know, had she not died. 
40 years. I mean, wonder what kind of career they would have had long. She was only 32. Yeah. Yeah. That is nuts. I think he's still alive too, Richard, our brother. He is. Uh, there's, he does. Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but he does like, like there's a uh, Carpenter's Daco uh, documentary. And, and he does a lot of interviews talking about the band and Karen. Cause Originally, they moved to L.A. not for her, but for his music career. Right. And it just sort of took off for her. Um, no, it's a great if you can see it. I can't if you just type in Carpenter's documentary, it'll come up. But it's a really good documentary. I think it's only like an hour long or something, but it's worth a worth a look. And yeah, I love Carpenter's Rain Days and yeah. Mondays, man. Good pick, good pick there. I mean, it kind of again. You kind of offsets the it's kind of after the first two songs. I think you have a good good album construction going on here, Dave. Because yeah, you have bring that, it down. You have, yeah, you have these two strutty type of songs and a funky song, and now you kinda of bring it down a bit. Let's bring it down. Let's bring it down. Bring it down gonna, a bit, yeah, which which I kinda like. Yeah. I think you're doing I think it it worked out so far for you. Yeah. Now your next band. I knew this I knew this guy was gonna make it. It's just yeah. a question of what and where. I didn't want to, this was I actually didn't want to put this particular song on, but it made sense okay. to put this one on because of, again, I'm doing a, a kind of a biographical things and some things. And um, it's One More Night by Phil Collins, which I talked about a, a few weeks ago on the uh, album Archaeology Show. And if you didn't mm. see that, um, that was uh, the theme song for my prom. So I may yes. have had something to do with influencing that. Um, and it was the – my wife and I basically started dating. Uh yes. But she came to the prom, and I think I showed that to get the glass. Yeah, the glass. I have the glass still. So yeah, um, I started dating my wife, and uh, so it's a very memorable song for me. Mm. Uh, we actually didn't date continuously after that, but we two years later we started dating continuously. But uh, you know, it was there was some sparks back then. So nice. Um, yeah. So I put this one on there. I mean, I was gonna like I said, Phil Collins related a lot to uh, other things in my life, so. Uh, and Genesis, so maybe on a future soundtrack, I'll have something a little different. But uh, this one, again, I think marked a very important milestone uh, in my life. So that's why I put that one on there. Nice. I I love that song. Yeah. I was listening to that song again the other yeah. day. Yeah. And like I always do with Phil Collins, yeah. I then quickly uh, listen to Against All Odds. Yeah. God, I love Against All Odds. Um, it's a, it's a, what a, what a, what a song. Oh, now this I actually had another song in here that at, and when I finished I went back took that song out and put this song in because now that I've moved away from America whenever I come to America I usually drive around yeah. so like when I saw Coop at uh, the amazing get together with Matt and Garrett out at uh, Minneapolis in yep. St. Paul which was amazing and I'll forever be Grateful what a, for that because it was a lot of fun. It was a great day. It was one of the best days. Oh, yeah, it really was. Great. Best way how we wrapped that up too. Um, but usually to see everybody, I kind of fly in and then I rent a car and I basically just drive all over the Midwest. Yep. Like from I've gone like seen people in Chicago, go to Milwaukee, obviously, and then you know to Minneapolis, and so I just kind of Madison. I just sort of drive yep. around that area, and so. I picked the song Simon Garfunkel's America because that would be the that'd be the, it'd be like a montage of me driving yep. around America and this would be playing. In what the a band. great track this was! Yeah, I thought this was a nice pick by you, Dave. Yeah, 
That made it it's good. such a great song. Yeah. And then to play like over because the thing about the song is like you like he's talking how he's on the bus, like going, you know, driving around. And it's just such a great like the story of that is just such a great song to put to like a road trip or anything like that. Yeah, it it really is. Um I, I it's funny cuz I was debating some road trip type stuff again. I I opted mm. to hold that maybe for another. I know we did it. We did a road trip show, but there are certain songs I would put in the car. Like I, I told this story last week that when I was up in Minneapolis, uh then I I blasted take me with you on the open on the open Minnesota road one day. With the window. Oh, you would. Yeah, so I, I kind of get it, yeah. But yeah, it's just a great... And if you haven't heard that song, you go listen to it, man. Yeah. Like, it's so cool. Yeah, no, it is, yeah. It's, good. it's a good song. It's a good pick by you. Uh, What you got next, Coop? All right, I'm switching... This is the uh, end of my first side. End of the first oh, side. I'm switching away from life's events uh, with this one. Mm, 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 um, mm. And I picked Billy Joel's Vienna. Nice, nice. Now, yep. Which I, I, uh, I have never been to Vienna. Um, right. I may be going next year if I go to. Um, my wife says if, if we if we go to Germany for inner tobacco. Uh, okay. She says you got to go. Even if I don't go with her, she says you have to go to Vienna. It's it's maybe your only shot to go, right? I've always and 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 I've heard the story of how Billy Joel created Vienna, because it's it's a song's a metaphor for being at the crossroads of things. And Vienna okay. was very much at the crossroads of in European history of a lot of events. You know, this is where the Ottoman Empire was coming in and all that. And all right. We all hit crossroads in our life, right? That's true. We all have That's these things. True. There are crossroads or decision points you have to make. Um, they happen uh, whether it's with your family, with your job. I mean, I can even think of things with cigar coupe I've had to do. Um, it could be simple things like whether to – you know, stops going to one store and going to another store. It could be something more complex, like make, maybe like, you know, looking at your life and reevaluating where you are. But I think we all hit crossroads. And and Vienna to me, it's just such an amazing song by Billy. I think it's mm. the best song he's done. Um, So, you know, it's not one specific crossroad I'm going to point out here, but I think we all deal with our crossroads. And that's why I picked uh, this to close out the first side here. Nice. Good closer. You like a good closing yep. track, you yep. know? Yeah. Yeah, good closer. Yep. Um, Billy Joel, you know, is probably a good, good bet that he would make it onto the coop, the coop list. Yeah. No, great track. Love the track. Love the pick. Crossroads, great. Uh, great sort of the theme, the crossroads. Yeah, because you all have different crossroads. Yep. Or you go one way or another. It's really interesting too to think about like what if I went the other way, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, you know, what if I did this instead of that or Yeah. I mean, it's I'll even give you a, yeah, it is. I'll even give you a kind of a corny thing, right? But with Cigar Coop, I had a crossroads on whether I'm gonna continue to cover TAA cigars. Because one is I didn't get cooperation from the companies, I didn't get cooperation from the TAA, and our readers weren't really reading a lot of it. So I made the decision not to not to really go heavy with them anymore. So like if there's a company that like you know Hector wants me to the uh, you know we have a good relationship with Espinosa or, or yeah. Flora, I'll smoke those TAAs. But yeah, I had to make that decision there. So th th these decision points come up a lot, is what I'm saying. Crossroads, man. It's crossroads. Yeah, it's a big part of life. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I picked. 
This is my wake up in the morning song. You know, try and start the day, Coop. You know what I mean? Uh, I got a lot. All right. I was surprised about this being a wake up song. Off the Lion King, Circle of Life, man. Okay. Just jump out of bed. Embrace the day, Coop. This is the, if you don't know, this is the right in the beginning when like the sun comes up in, uh, in Lion King. And it has that like amazing like intro to a song with like Lady Smith Black Mombazo just like going for it. And uh, it's a great intro song. I used to, uh, morning song, I used to play it all the time on my car ride to work in the morning just to kind of, you know, wake me up, get me going. It's great. And this is a good little precursor to, you know, when we do the Disney, the Disney show, when we're going to talk about amazing Disney songs. I hope songs. we get this that going. Yeah. yeah, it's been a challenge, but yeah, we have to get that hey, going. This is all I'm saying. If yeah. that guest can't make it, we're doing it. Guestless. He's had his chance, Coop. Yep. We got it. Disney waits for no man. Yep. Which, by the way, I saw with my daughter recently the new, um, the new Little Mermaid movie. Uh huh. Haley Berry, amazing voice, great songs. Oh, She's good very job. Good. Yeah. She's very good. David Diggs as Sebastian. Yep. Is hilarious. Yeah. Flounder is a war crime. Wow. Flounder looks terrible. He <laughs> looks awful. Wow. Anyway. That's a quick review. If you like the music, if you like Disney music, right, go see it. Yep. Agree. Oh, she's so good. Yep. Um, anyway, yeah, got to have a Disney song in there. I love Disney music. I love Disney. This is a great morning song. Uh, Circle Life of the Lion yep. King. I think this was Elton John, wasn't it? In Rice, was it John? They did this one. They write these songs, did they? Um... I think don't call me. I know Elton John was involved with it. Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, obviously, Lady Smith Black Mombazo does it, which is their phenomenal. Uh, well, Elton John artist. does it too, but Elton John has done it too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he's done a couple. I'm just looking up quick, like who wrote these. Um, so but Lady Smith Black Mombazo. It was, was it was artist. written by Elton John and lyrics actually with Tim Rice. Yeah, Tim Rice. That's what yeah. I thought. And they but did Elton a bunch. Wrote the music, yeah. They did a bunch of like big, big time Disney soundtracks around this time. I mean, this was a big one. This was a Hakuna Makana and all that was. Oh, yeah. But Lady Smith Black Mombazo is so good. Yeah. And the song. And there you go. And that's my morning song. There you go. Now, now you're kicking off your side two here, Coop. Right. Um. This is. Yeah. So this one, I went with another event. Uh, the song is uh, Linda Ronstadt and Aaron Neville's oh, All My Life. This tremendous song. So Tremendous song. 1990s when this song came out, right? My wife and I got married May 20th, 1990. And we were absolutely rocking our brains to pick the wedding dance song. Oh, uh, really? Okay. My wife was rejecting everything. I mean, she was rejecting everything, but she, she was, was the George like, Harrison of the relationship. She was like, the nah, George Harrison, nah. but she, look, she, I'll give her a lot of credit. She totally um held to her guns, and um, you know, uh, we we really really struggle with this one, right? Um, so finally, um, literally, what happens is um, on the radio, uh, okay. In January of of that year, so it's about February. 
Um, this song comes on the radio, and she looks at me. I look at her, and we had the song. We 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 immediately. Uh, oh, nice, yeah, good, yeah, great we had song. This, we had the song. Uh, what what a duet, Linda Ronstadt. You know, we've talked a lot about her. Oh, she mm, was getting away mm. by this point. She was not the hard rocking Linda Ronstadt of the seventies. No, she was more no. of this uh kind of really becoming like a soprano ish type of vocalist. She was doing collaborations. Um, and, uh, this was actually a song that, w uh, made it onto Linda's album. And, uh, I just, like I said, I just thought, uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic track. Great track. It was our wedding song. And, oh, and uh, I love the songs too. So it belonged on here. Oh, it's a great song. Aaron Neville is tremendous. Yeah, you you really it was great. Yeah, I was surprised they didn't do more together. They really had great chemistry together uh as a male female duet, you know. Has there ever been a bigger discrepancy between singer and voice than Aaron Neville? Where like he is huge and ripped. Like he's he's Mike Shevinkovich ripped, like just a huge guy. Right, right. Where, would wear that vest and just the, the most fragile, like angelic voice would come out. It was just, it was an unbelievable mix of things. Yeah. He's, he's, he's 82 now. He's amazing. He's 82. But yeah, he was, so even when he was in his 50s when this came out, you know, mm. by then. And, uh, you know, obviously he comes from the Neville brothers and, uh, yes. Um, yeah, but, uh, I remember he did the cover of Everybody Plays the Fool. And, you know, again, he has that voice like that. It's a higher pitch voice. Oh, so and good. He had a higher pitch voice, but he's this big guy with the higher pitch voice. You know? Yeah. I'm going to listen to some Aaron Neville. Later. Yeah, yeah. Him and Neville. Because I know he would do. He would sort of do solo stuff. He did this duet, obviously, which is a tremendous song. This yeah. is a great pick by you. Did a um, lot great of. pick by you and your wife, too. No, th thank you. And he covered a lot of genres, right? Uh, he went from R and B to country to gospel. I mean, he just oh, jazz. Yeah. I mean, he's he was, oh, oh, really, really good. Underrated, uh, and, underrated guy. Really underrated guy in that music. Yeah, group. and he would sort of jump around between doing solo stuff, and then they would put out a Neville Brothers album, and then he would do other stuff, and he was just sort of everywhere. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're in the Hall of Fame, the Neville Brothers. Really? Uh, yeah, and they, they've won. I mean, That's by the shocking. way, all my life won a Grammy too. Uh, won the oh, best. Would. Yeah, yeah, it should have won it. Um, and I think Neville got, there may have been two Grammys that year. I think, oh, Don't Know Much was the other song. They did another song, Don't Know Much was the other oh, yes. Uh, but this, but Don't Know, don't, don't Know Much, great song, but it never was in consideration for the wedding song. No. Yeah. Oh, Aaron yeah. Neville, man. Great pick. But he also um, did something with Trisha Rearwood, too, I want to say. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was sort of everywhere. Yeah. Um, great artist. Oh, absolutely. Great absolutely. Thank you. Oh, Aaron Neville, man. Um, oh, going I got Run the Jewels, Yankee and the Brave. I don't know if people know about this song. It's a good hip hop song. It is. Yeah. Uh, this is my. I don't know when you have hip hop on here. Song. Yeah, I was wondering when the hip hop yeah. was coming. This is my action music driving song. Right. So, like, if I'm driving an action movie, like making a getaway, I'm playing this song. Yep. It's very. It's great. It's a great driving song. Yeah. Um, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. So that's my. It's my action music driving song. Yeah, you know, I could see, you know, Dave and like you put up, uh, I have the foot down, right? On the, I guess, yeah, I guess it's yeah. Dave, you know, a little I, uh, bit going. Well, Coops, it's not on his list, but your, your action music driving song is Kickstart My Heart from uh, what I, what I, yeah, heard. and it, well, yeah, 
really uh that would definitely be it um is this a song? I got a question on this song. Yeah. You know. Is yeah. this yeah. a song you play in like downtown Brisbane or on the outskirts? Uh, how do you? Oh, oh that's a great question. Yeah. Um, th- th- this is downtown Brisbane outskirts. I thought I, I was thinking downtown. That's what I was kind of thinking too. If you're on the outskirts driving, I think the driving songs the outskirts. You're going more, more like mellow with it, right? You're going more like John Denvery, maybe a little more like R and B, like you're or 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 funk, like you're kind right. of taking it down a notch. When you're in the city, you're pumping it up because you got right, all the cars right. everywhere right. and yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Great question, exactly. Great yeah. question. Yeah, we did God, a road, we did we did a road trip show a couple years ago too. Yeah, Tiny Dancer is a phenomenal driving song. That that's way. one you have on the country road. Yes, uh, that is a phenomenal take me with you, song. like country road type of song. Yeah, uh, I think on the open road, like what you said, is that I think you want a song that you can like sing to, right? Yep. Whereas if I'm in the city, I just want energy. Like yeah. I'm not singing like, to this song. We played Kickstart My Heart on the Las Vegas Strip. Yes. Yeah, but like, if you're yeah. in the if you're in the desert on some yeah. stretch of highway, yeah. you might be playing yep. something else. Yep. Excellent question, Cooper. Yeah. Oh, oh. You picked one of my favorite songs in the world. I adore this song. That's, oh. that's, I think it's their best song. Oh, it is. It's definitely the best song. Um and uh so I had to get this artist on here. Um, but but it wasn't this was a, a more again. This this is this is probably one of my mood songs that's on here. Uh, it's Diana Ross and the Supremes, and the song is Reflections. God, I love the song. Um, there, this is a song that you when you play it, you 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 reflect. You absolutely are in a reflective mode, right? Um, it, it, it's it's not a it's a slower song, but it's an intense song. And it's almost like when that intensity's playing. The reflections, I can kind of get those reflections out of me on that. And I tend mm. to reflect a lot. I like reflecting. You know, if I'm in the, if I'm in here at night having a cigar and I'm by myself, I like my time, my solitude, um to, reflect, to reflect. I do. Nice. Um so this is my like I said, Dinosaurus had to be on here. Um, you know, um I'm not sure if like upside down would have did it for me, you know, here mm. or um you know, uh, touch me in the morning probably wasn't really appropriate to put on my soundtrack, right? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, so I, I thought this was like a perfect to get Diana on. This was, mm. this was. Uh, um, there's a few other songs I would have considered, but they just didn't fit into the soundtrack. Like this one, it was perfect. Uh, it's not tied to an event, but it's tied to something I do a lot. So, um, and I, the other thing I just did when. You remember, there was a show in the U.S. called China Beach. Yes, and yep. they, they this was the opening credits song. And let me tell you, that was the best opening credits montage I ever saw. That, that music with that montage was perfect. I love China Beach. China Beach was was so good. I don't know that that they tried to save the show with a writing campaign. It was so well done. It was about the Vietnam War. Um, it was kind of like Vietnam War mesh. Except yeah. it was much more serious. It was. It had more. Yeah, of a serious it was more component. serious. But God, I love Mash too. It, it, yeah, Mash. That show is so good. Yeah, Mash was Korean, but you know, Mash started out as a serious movie. Actually, the movie wasn't. It a did. Comedy. Yeah. No. 
But this was very intense. It got into uh, – and the last year of the show, they covered a lot of the post-war stuff. Yeah. Um, so, again, I kind of look at that. And, Dave, that's another point I wanted to make with this song. Um, I grew up at the end of the Vietnam War. I was a kid at the. I said I grew up. I was a kid at the end of the Vietnam yeah, War. Yeah, I still had some images of the. Yeah. I still had some of the TV images in my head. So yeah. you know when when that show came and this song came, it really all connected with me. Yeah. 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 It would yeah. have been. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, great pick. Thank you. Now I love this next artist. <laughs> we haven't talked about this artist enough. I we don't should think. be talking much more about her. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure we brought her up before, but right. never focused on her. But every soundtrack needs like your love romance song, Coop, yeah. right? Like you need a lot, you know. Uh, and mine is "By Your Side" by Sade. Uh, this was sort of Sade's comeback record. I think it was yeah. maybe early 2000s. This record, I think, I believe. I want to um, say you're right. Just like love rock or something anyway um anyway it was like her comeback record it's a phenomenal record it was like 2000 oh, 2000 yeah glover's was rock like 2000 yeah. yeah oh i even got the title look at that oh but it's a great it's a great record like i said it was kind of a comeback record like it's not that she wasn't around but i think this one had uh, a lot of commercial and critical success it sort of put her back on the map uh but i love Sade. Great music, and this is uh, yeah, by your side, just it's just phenomenal. And this would be my the 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 romance song, Coop. Yeah, you gotta have Sade, man. Oh man, Sade, we put the music, Sade music is like Barry White, you know. Yeah, it, yeah. So little thing that people don't know, Sade is actually the name of the band, even though it's the name of the lead singer, who is Sade. It's actually the name. The, the artist is a band, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in again, around nineteen eighty-five. My my dad, my dad brought the demo home of that. He gave me a cassette. Uh, oh, is this smooth smooth operator time? Smooth or? operator, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, I'll never forget this. Like, but my friend Steve, may he rest in peace. We we were driving from Staten Island into New Jersey, and I'm like, hey, Steve, like, uh, my dad brought this artist home called Sade. So I popped the cassette in, <laughs> and and uh, smooth operators on. Steve, oh. Steve pops the cassette out, opens the window, and tosses it off the Gotham. Steve! I nearly killed Like, what the fuck? He's like, this is terrible. I'm like, no, it's not. This is terrible. Oh, he throws it out. Smooth operator, he, Steve. He threw it off the Gotham's bridge. I'm like, I had to go buy it now. I'm like, I had to, I had to go buy it. I'm like, thanks, Steve. He just took it and yeah, threw it off the bridge. Steve. Like, How can you listen to this? I'm like, this is great. I mean, because Sade had such a, you know, Sade brought that smooth jazz. Like, Sade was, like, really mm. one of the earlier smooth jazz artists, uh, if you think about it. Yes. Yeah. Hey, her voice, though, man. Oh, my yep, God. Yep. Yeah, and the album was Diamond Like, which was a great yes. album, by the way. Yep. No, uh, it was. Yeah. I mean, she'll never, she never kind of reached the heights of that record again. She kind of, Whitney kind of came in and, you know. But uh, I think. But you say Sade, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." So, I, uh, I loved "Your Love Is King." That was my favorite track mm, off that album. Mm, mm. Um, but uh, but yeah. Oh, next yeah. one, Coop. I love your notes on this song. Let me go back here. Uh, I just lost my my position. Oh, um, okay. 
So this is the I said I have to include this artist. Yeah. Um oh, you do. Yeah. I had to include this to. artist, right? So it's very simple. Uh I picked what I think is one of the greatest bands out there and their best song. And it's Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule mm-hmm. the World. Um Oh, I remember when this song came out, man. This song was huge. I yeah, love this song. And, and you know, when we did that when we put up that billboard list last week, Tears mm-hmm. for Fears was number one and I remember my dad when he, he didn't understand why I liked this band or anything. And I, by this point, I was already into the hurting too uh, with them. So he didn't quite yeah. understand. But but this song was, was I mean, look, it is one of the best songs out there. It was such an important part of my, my life. I, I became an enormous Tears for Fears fan uh, because of this song. And there were so much other music that opened the doors for me with, with this band. Um, And, uh, you know, I think it's, I think to this day, it's it's probably on their Mount Rushmore of songs. Um, yeah. You know, I actually have made a couple of pilgrimages into the California desert um, where they filmed the video, but I did not yes. get to the town. The town was further out uh, by San Bernardino, and I was I was actually coming yeah. in from Vegas. Uh, but I have gone into some of those desert scenes, and I've always been obsessed with the Austin Healy. This is the video I'm talking about. So um, I had to include this song. There's not an event it's tied to. It's not a mood it's tied to. It's just that this band was an important part of my life. And if it's not on the soundtrack uh, and put one of their best songs on there, it, then there's something missing from my soundtrack here. Yeah. No, I mean, it's great pick. It It's sort of I was thinking as you're talking about this and about the song as I listened to it. Right. Because I love it. And I went through Coop's notes and listened yeah. to some of these. Um, it. It, it was sort of that because in American music, there's sort of these cycles of British invasions. This was sort of that like, I don't know if it was maybe a second wave British invasion because you had them was, and it, then like George Michael and Wham. And yeah, this was this, like sec- second British invasion. Yeah. Yeah. I think this was the second British invasion. You know, I think the clash was that first was that first. Inv- Some will even think that maybe it's a third. Yeah, probably but, a third because you'd yeah. have the Beatles and that as the first and then the, them and then. You'll have another one with Britpop, with Oasis and stuff, kind of in, in the blur, like what ten years removed from this. Yeah, and, and it was also a big. It was a big time for male duets. Yeah. Um. Yes. So you had Hall and Oates, you had Wham, yeah. you had you Tears for Fears, yeah. and you had Mister Mister was the other one. I yes. Yep. Um. Yep. And and so it was that was a big time, and. I think a lot of I think Tears for Fears ironically knocked Wham out with number one, everything she wants with this song. And yep. I think everyone looked at this is at least we all looked at Wham as a little more popish, a little more yes. bubblegum. And we yeah. looked at Tears for Fears because more introspective, you know, deeper. Uh, but they, yeah, but they're often yeah. compared. Wham and Tears for Fears were often compared a lot because it was they, they, they had success during the same era. I mean Wham. I mean, I mean, when you compare the two, Tears for Fears almost has a bit more of that British prog to them, almost yep. like they're a bit yep. more heady. They're a bit right. headier of a band. Like they put out Mad World, like they they you know are a bit more of a serious band. You know yeah, what I mean? and and the Hurting was a very like depressing, painful album. Yeah. Uh this one was a little more therapeutic. But they call this one a therapeutic album. Um, I'm talking about songs on the Big Chair. Yes, this song it, it there's a lot of different interpretations. I always looked at this interpretation as the media trying to control the world. That's yeah, yeah, not yeah. the interpretation I've heard from other people, but that's how I've looked at this one. And I said they're they're definitely looking to try the media is trying to control every aspect, and you know how do you get away from the media, escape from the media, things like that. 
But that, but I was just thinking too, like Pet Shop Boys, like Britain's put out some really good. That's the other two, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't forget about them. They were, they came around around this time as well. That was the big era of the duet, male, the male duet. Mm. 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 Good pick. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. I got Beyonce featuring the weekend. I knew, I knew that was going to be on your list. Yeah, Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. No Taylor Swift though. But, uh, I was shocked, by the way. I was shocked by the Taylor Swift by you. The, it was this Beyonce song was a toss up between this and Bjork, to be honest. But this is Beyonce. So Six and Shields. This is <laughs> my notes are when I'm going out and looking hot. So this song is playing <laughs> in the background. And then I have, you know, when you walk into a room or a club in slow-mo because you know you look hot. That's I was my... wor- I was worried for a second it was going to be about you putting on six inch heels. Okay, so that's hey man, <laughs> I look, look good in them too. Probably, I don't know how you'd walk. I would be able to walk in them. That's right. <laughs> I, I, but I would. Uh, it's just you're looking hot. You know, like you know you're looking hot. You throw the song on because it's all about Beyonce owning it in this song, and just being. She talks about like going onto the dance floor and like. Um, murdering everybody like it's just oh it's just such a great song and it's like it's like you look it in the mirror and you'd say to yourself like you know i look really hot right now and that's the song is in the background everybody yeah. has that moment coop like yeah. when you're feeling on top of the world and you're going out to the club right usually I mean, uh, when you're when you're a single Beethoven, guy yeah. or, <laughs> when you're a single guy or, or a single girl or a single non-binary folk you look in the mirror you're like i'm looking hot i'm going yeah. out tonight and i'm gonna rock it Right. That's this song is playing in the background. Yep. Um Oh, see, I see there's some bands I knew Coop was gonna have. It was just what what are the songs? Yeah. And so was, this is interesting. So I tied this one to an event. Uh and the band is in excess. Uh the song is a song called The Stairs from the X album, which if you're an in excess fan, it's it's a cult followed song. It didn't quite get like the X album had other songs like Disappear, yeah, uh, Nuisance, uh, not New Sensation. Um, um, I'm leaving some out right now, but but yeah, Disappear was a big song off that album. Um, there's a this song's a very interesting song, and I'll talk about how it ties to something. It's a very deep song. It's a very moving song, and in the song, Michael Hutchins sings these lyrics, and they're very prophetic. He goes, the nature around your tragedy is chained around your neck. Do you lead or are you led? Are you sure you don't care? There are reasons here to give your life and follow in your way. The passion lives to keep your faith. Though all are different, all are great. And it was nice. always a haunting thing to me, Dave. When that's like, I, I, I love this song. That, those lyrics stuck with me. It's haunting. I'm like, he's talking about like death and stuff like that. Mm. And then. The day I call it the day the music died in my life when when my wife called me we had by then I had mm. cell phone and she said Michael's dead mm. and uh, I didn't notice and she heard it on the news and uh, yet yeah, in this song was very much tied to the day the music died for me because uh, I was by then I was really into in excess like they were they were right up there as one of my favorite bands and uh, yeah I mean it's mm. just uh, it's almost like he knew I keep going like I got when I heard this and heard the circumstances he died, Dave. This was yeah. seven, eight years beforehand he wrote this. Well, you it's know. all yeah. I mean, it's a pretty dark record. I mean, the yes. biggest hit off it is Suicide Blonde. That's the one I was talking <laughs> Suicide Yes, yeah, Suicide Blonde was a, it was a dark record. Disappear even has kind of a dark uh 
there's some yeah. darker kind of take. And Michael was a big, he was the songwriter with Andrew Ferris. Mm. So mm. this was mm. coming from Michael and Andrew. And I'm assuming, I mean, I can't say it just, it, the you way he say, died, I mean, the way he yeah. died. I mean, with the whole hang, it's, it's just, you, you read this seven, eight years. It's almost like, yeah, it's almost like he, that I always said, I think he committed suicide because, you know, I think it was in his head for a long time. And I, it was sad when I heard the circumstances. Mm. I mean, it's the same thing with sort of, um, courtesy and of uh, new order yeah like you look at those new order tracks and you're like man yeah <laughs> this is rough yeah. yeah um well like like i said and like to your point like the biggest hit off the record is called suicide blonde yeah i mean you know and you go for you look at kick in in sort of as a counterweight to that and how poppy and like um you know, glittery that record is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even yeah. the album cover, the album cover, they're like flipping skateboards and, you know. Yeah. And, and an X is just the X, man. Yeah, X was, and X did well. It wasn't as good. I think it's a, as good an album as Kick, by the way. I think yeah, X was a, a masterpiece. But yeah. it wasn't, a, I think the darker darkness of this album hurt it from getting the airplay to Kick got. And I also think In Excess yeah. was overexposed by that point, too. Yes. In the well, US. they're trying to make a transition, I think, with this yeah. record. And in excess, this is when the sound was changing in the U.S. and we were getting this more people going to like a John Mellencamp type sound. Yes. Of, yeah. You know. So we were seeing changes in the music landscape happen. And I think in excess's sound really didn't keep up with it at that. I mean, I'll be fair with that. I love the sound, but it didn't keep up with the times. Dark and record. The grunge, and then grunge came along and took dark in a different. Just like yeah, yeah, just to sort of steamroll yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. But that's a dark record, man. I mean, no, good. I mean, great pick. Yeah, I mean, it's a yes, big part of my. Yeah. It was a. It was the of musicians dying. Um, I mean, Eddie Van Halen was another big one, but yeah, not like not like this one. That was just you know, my band was gone at that point. Never, never really got back. So no, I mean, I'm trying to think for me. When you think of musician deaths that hit you hard. I was too young I for Bonham. Say, I was too young for Bonham to hit me hard. Yeah. 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 I mean, because it kind of have to be surprising because you could say like yeah. Johnny Cash, but I mean, he was super old. So you kind of knew um, that you weren't going to get much music and stuff. Uh, I, Kurt Cobain for me was like, yeah, what? I, I had, I just hadn't gotten into Nirvana by that point either. So, and I think most people your age would probably say Kurt Cobain, not Michael I Hutchins. Think, I think this age, they'd, they'd say, say what, um, was it Lily Allen? Would that be for most people? Yeah. Or um, um, Amy Winehouse would be the other Amy one. Amy Winehouse. Oh, sorry. Amy Winehouse. No, I meant not Lily Allen. Yeah, I know. Even, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think people would go in Amy Winehouse. Um, you know, had Michael died 10 years earlier, because he died in 97, it would have been a different story. But I yeah. imagine Michael was big in Australia. I imagine this was a big deal in Australia. Oh, they've done countless, like, documentary series and... They've done a uh, short run uh, mini series on his. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, they've done. Yeah. Oh, that mini series uh, they did was great. Um, yes, that was uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, the uh, what was it? Uh, Never Tears Apart mean, was really yeah. well. It had a great Australian cast, by the way. Whoever casted yeah. that, they used all Australian actors. It was great. But In Excess is is huge here, and he yeah. he was huge figure. Uh, in Excess. The the people that are really huge here is the inaccessible Kylie Minogue, obviously. Everybody's excited about her right yeah, now. But I would say those, yeah. Kylie Minogue, 
in excess and Nick Cave, man. Nick Cave is huge yep. here. Yep. I would agree with you on all those. Yeah. God, I love Nick Cave. Um, but yeah, that's sad, man. But yeah, like it's sort of those artists that you identify with that die suddenly. Yeah. Are, yeah. are the ones. And it's, yeah. it, we, it's no one saw this one coming. That's for sure. And like, but like I said, when that happened, I just like, holy cow, this is just too weird, is what I can But the other it. thing, Coop, about it is you have these stars. Kurt Cobain was the same, that on the surface, they're like bigger than life. Yeah. And then they die usually like alone or in Kurt Cobain's, like they didn't find them for days. And you're like, how does that happen? Yeah. Like these stars that you feel are just like such huge personalities and, and they, they die alone and it's yeah. just sad. Yeah. Oh, well, not to, you know, it's hard to follow up from from that. But yeah, that was a penultimate song on the uh, second side. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Positive conclusion. Yeah. But so this is a song that plays in my head whenever I'm running errands or doing work around the house. It's uh, Dolly Parton nine to five. <laughs> like, you know, you're running, you know, you go to the store, you're getting gross. Then you got to do another errand and then you got to do, you know. Just nine to five. You're just working, man. Uh, I mean, this was an anthem. Uh, it was a big anthem song, not not just for women either, by the way. Um, it, it really, you know, it it's this is a the whole nine to five. Like Dolly put this on the map. That 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 exp- I think it was an expression beforehand, but Dolly yeah. really put it on the map, and and people relate to it just like what you said, Dave. That was a, this was a good pick. I, 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 I it was uh it was it's her biggest. It's like shot her to superstardom, I think. It's her biggest crossover hit by far. Yeah. I was wondering if you were to find a way to put Jolene on there. That's oh, it'd be hard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. So I can see. Like, but 9 to 5, gotta, man. Yeah, yeah. The rest of this album is pretty good. I mean, this is obviously the the, the, the standout song. The movie, the movie was pretty good, too, by the way. I thought it was a mm-hmm. good movie. I enjoyed it. Kind of, you know, good feel-good movie. We talk about bands and stuff that have crossover success, and this is, this is like by far the the biggest. I mean, Garth yeah. Brooks probably had the most crossover success for a country artist, but this is right up there. This yeah, song. yeah, I agree. Um, and how how you how you closing this out? All right, I I have a wild, very wild pick for the last one. Yes. Um, the song, song is though. a TV theme song that actually also oh, became God. a number one record. So, but it became a number one record as a result of the TV theme song. Uh, the artist is John Sebastian, and the song is Welcome Back. God, I love this song. So, this is the song that was the opening song for Welcome Back, Cotter. Um, yes. And originally, uh, John, the story with this song is that John Sebastian was, they asked, they asked John Sebastian to write a song for this. And originally, the, song, the show was going to be called Cotter. But they love the song so much they put the welcome back Cotter in because it fit in with the whole premise of the show of him going back to his old neighborhood to teach. And yeah. I've been very upstate. So this there's a couple of reasons why I picked this song to close it out. One is it's a Brooklyn song. Um yes. when you watch those opening credits of Welcome Back Cotter, I would say I can identify with about 70% of those clips that they show. Oh, nice. Yeah. There's about 30% I can't really pick. I know that some of the stuff that they show actually in there are in neighborhoods of Brooklyn that are a little further away from when, where the show is in Bensonhurst. Yeah. So I know some of those scenes are a little further out in Brooklyn, just so you know. Because again, I know the scenes, but but I love this. I love that again, my hometown 
is shown to the world. Like much like Saturday Night Fever showed Bay Ridge, mm. this showed a little more Bensonhurst in Brooklyn, which was really cool. But Dave, the other thing is this idea of going back where you started has been something in the last mm. few years that's been in my mind a lot, right? Mm. Um, I this I don't think we would move back to Brooklyn, but the idea is so intriguing to me to do it. Yes, my wife. I don't think my wife would would go for it. I don't think it would be economic sense to do it. But to say that that idea of going back to where you started from, going back to your roots, it's mm. an intriguing concept to me. And it's kind of a good mm. place to kind of close out my soundtrack of where my state of mind is right now with this. Um, and, and so I picked this. I love the song too. By the way, it's a if you uh, the the record version is a little longer than what's on the TV show, so you get a, another verse and some other stuff. It, it's I think John Sebastian just uh, I love John Sebastian. This is his best track. And by the way, it went number one on Billboard too. So this is a big deal. So I kind of closed out this with it's a little more positive, a little more upbeat, and kind of thinks my current state of mind right now. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's yeah. great, and I love. You talking about it was fantastic. I love yeah. it. It's Vinnie Barbarino, Washington, Mr. Yeah. Cater. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I love the that song. show. I love you the, know, it's interesting. The last year, that show was very maligned by people because okay. uh, Barbarino only did a few episodes because he was doing Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. And Gabe Cotter had a, a contract dispute. Mm. I recently watched the whole series again. And they actually, that last year was interesting. It kind of made the Sweat Hogs more human. In that last, yeah. like they were dealing with more real life problems as opposed to just doing one liners, uh, and it was still funny. So I, I think that last year is a little maligned. I think they did a good job with it. Um, it would have been better if you had Barbarino and Cotter in there too. But um, oh yeah, well I mean I think it's interesting because like then in the '90s when they spun it off, they kind of tried to re. It's sort of inspired by it, but head of the class when they did that show. Yeah, yeah, it was sort of a inverse Welcome Back Cotter sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Except said the sweat hogs have all the gifted kids, sort of. But it's the same. Yeah, it's the same sort of vibe. It was the opposite. And Doctor yeah. Johnny Fever playing the teacher. Yes. Like Doctor Johnny Fever is this other character. Like, it's such a oh, different character for him. Yeah. God, that show. All right, we gotta do another show just on shows, music shows. Because yes. WKRP in Cincinnati is like the best show ever. Oh uh, yeah, we have that. that. I mean, we we plan on a TV show one. Yes. Uh, because I have a ton oh. of. Uh, I was actually thinking about that coming out of this show uh, is a good I, idea. I watched the other day because I saw WKRP when it was in syndication, I think. And I watched the other day on YouTube. There's an episode where the radio station for like a promo or something was dropping. I kind of from like a hill the most concert. famous episode. Yeah, I remember <laughs> when that show aired. <laughs> It was controversial. Dave, it was it made the news that night. Like it was oh. such a controversial episode. Uh, God. Yeah. That I mean, show my, is a, that, uh... when the best one is when they're in the studio and they're they have a sobriety guy, right? And they wanted to see the impact of um having someone drink a lot, right? So they yeah. have Dr. Johnny Fever drink. But instead of him getting worse, he like gets more alert, more better. <laughs> it's like he has this opposite reaction of it, right? Oh, Johnny yeah. Fever, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Johnny Fever. He just died wanna... recently, too, right? Yeah. Oh, but it's interesting you talking about going back home. Because, like, when I do that, when I visit the States, mine is Mike. Even though I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't live there, I sort of grew up going to Milwaukee all the time. So I'll go to Milwaukee. And it's interesting because it feels like, oh, I'm back. But then, like, stuff has changed since you've been gone. So it's sort of like 
um, it's this weird feeling of like what's new and what's what's still there, and it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it was very interesting, Dave. When um, when I was up at uh, New York for New Year's two thousand twenty, yeah. uh, we had gone to see my dad, um, and that was actually the last time we all saw my dad, by the way. Um, mm. but the interesting thing is we, my dad was living in Queens by that point, and I remember there was like some backed up highways, so I said I'm gonna just drive through the inner boroughs. I know the streets pretty well. And we ended up going through my old neighborhood. And mm. my boys wanted to hear all the stories. And literally, I, I stopped the car. I showed them. I mean, because I lived in very much a little neighborhood. Uh, had the stores mm. and everything. And they, they were fascinated by oh, those. Oh, nice. They were fascinated by those stories. And I was shocked. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I even showed them the house I was born in. And the house went up for sale, Dave. It just was way out of my price range to buy it. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I thought about because I knew it went up for sale a couple of years ago. It was a four, yeah. four, it was a four, uh, there were four units, four apartments in it. Um, and it was such yeah. a cool house. Um, yeah, I won't diverge too much, but, but yeah, it was just, it was going for over a million dollars. Oh got my the, God. Yeah, I couldn't afford that. So, no. Uh, great end song. Now, this, so this is, so this was the song that you had then. It would have, it would have had to have been my final song, my closer. Yeah. So this, this is, uh, so this is a track. I picked this track as, you know, kind of going on your own, just sort of doing your own thing. Everybody kind of does their own thing and is kind of doing it on their own every once in a while. Um, I love the vibe of this track. I said, if I, if I was in a movie, this would be me with an acoustic guitar on my back, hopping trains and walking down a New York sidewalk in the late 60s. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't do any of that. But this is just it's just a track because, like I said, like how you're saying, Coop, like you think going back home. I think sometimes it's tracks where you're kind of like doing it on your own for a bit. Like for some people, it's like when they move out to college. For some people, it's when they move out to their first job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To a new place. And they're sort of on their own. Yeah, it's Neil Diamond's Solitary Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I just love I love the vibe of this track. I love the track. Um, I love the closing of this and of it's your just, soundtrack. Yes. I love yeah. how Yeah. It's just such a great vibe to this song. And then sometimes, yeah, you're just a solitary man. You're just kind of doing it yep. on your own. I mean, anybody really, uh, you're just kind of out there doing it, doing it on your own. And for a lot of times, it, you know, it's like the first time you might've done that, may move to a new place. You don't know anybody yet. Kind of away from family, you know, yeah, um, it, it, it his it, what a perform. It's my favorite Neil Diamond track. First of all, uh, yeah. it's just uh, that whole vibe. It's a there's a little. It's a melancholy type of track, I'll say. Uh, but it's not a depressing track. But you know, it's a it's a serious track as well. Um, yeah, I love this song a lot. Um, it is a. Uh, you know, you talked about the. Uh, you, you put a comment in here, Dave, uh, about I want. You should read this comment about you. Your scenario. I want. I don't want to steal your thunder. Right, this is my scenario in my movie. This is me, acoustic guitar over my back, hopping trains and walking down a New York sidewalk in the late sixties. Yeah, that's how I envision myself yeah. to this track. Yeah, it. Uh, you know, um, it's it's a uh, it's a kind of a you know, it's kind of a storytelling type of track too. 
It is. Uh, it uses uh, the characters kind of Beatlesque with Melinda, Jim, Yeah, part-time Sue. gym, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, um, uh, I love that chorus on this. Uh, this is a amazing, amazing song. Uh, yeah, Solitary Man. I mean, that's it's sort of a yeah. I mean, it's it's a well known Neil Diamond song. Yeah, it it, it really um, is. Uh, it's a classic. It's mm. an absolute classic. This song, nineteen sixty six. It was. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. It's sort of in his kind of more folky, I guess, era of his. And he gets a bit more rocky like later. But Yeah. it's a bit more folky era. Yeah, it was very much a product of the times. Him getting current Yeah. with the with the music, I think it was really Yeah. good. Um, yeah, so I guess final thoughts. I love doing this. I could do it a thousand times. Yeah, I actually would like to do it again at some point because I want to kind of take your approach now and kind of create And I'd like a little to bit take of a your movie. approach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot of different ways I could go with this too, um, which is kind of interesting. You know, I kind of like I said, it's it's it uh. Like you said, we we really just kind of said let's do it. We didn't quite put the par we put some parameters, but yeah, um, Yeah. but yeah, I think it worked out really well. Uh, like I said, uh, the great songs—they're all great songs that were picked for both of these. Oh, things. yeah. Yeah. No, I love doing it because... For us, anyway, as a show, we get to cover a lot of different genres and a lot of different bands in the one show. Yep. As opposed to, like, a, a show just on a band or just on a record or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, again, um, I kind of said this at the beginning, very different how we approach the songs. We took a more personal approach with these songs, uh, Yes. you know, as opposed to, like, the, you know, analyzing the bass and stuff like that. Of, you Oh, know. yeah. Well, there, yeah, there wasn't a lot of, like, chord Yeah. progression talk or, Right, yeah. right. So, so yeah, we kind of did that, which I thought was interesting kind of hearing, it, you know, and I think we should do more shows like that where we kind of relate. I mean, we do, I did a little bit with the Phil. You've done it in the past, but... I, I think it was a very good change of pace. Now, here's my question for you. What was the song of yours that I uh, was going to pick? Mm. 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 Oh, I was thinking it was sol was it like solitary man, was it? Yeah, it was Solitary Man. So the idea is I had, I had it, the way I was going to actually do it was um, have Reflections as the eighth song, Solitary Man as the ninth song. <laughs> and uh, so I ended up going with that one. And um, the song that... Um, Actually, I was going to probably bump with subdivisions at that point. So, Oh, bumped. yeah, it was just like it was tough to bump the other ones. Right. So I was like, well, Yeah. I could probably. Just, but I had to keep the disco song with the uh, fifth of Beethoven. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because I can probably put together a soundtrack of my experiences in some of the clubs in New York, you know, uh, that I, I went to Um, Hmm. and kind of. put a soundtrack with that now which is so i my, my wheels were turning as we, we we did this today when hearing Man, your song you were yeah already making your next soundtrack. yeah i mean as i said there's no reason why we can't do a second soundtrack No, right hey. this year. uh Hey, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump's soundtrack was a double album. We can do a double album soundtrack. right well a sequel <laughs> Yeah. yeah all right this Man, was my I think autobiographical I'm about to. one now this is a little more of a we'll focus in on, on an area you know things we could do Think how much money they had to dump on that. On the 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 um Forrest Gump soundtrack, man. Yeah. Licensing would have been crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, Um, do a history of cigar coupe soundtrack, you know, something like there that. you Yeah. go. Yeah. I guess I can easily pair some songs with things that happen. So, yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah. But now we're into the new music. We're in a cigar hustler now, Coop.
Yeah, um, our new music is sponsored by Cigar Hustler, uh, located in Deltona, Florida. Uh, they have a great store, um, great selection of cigars, um, great customer service, great lounge. Um, so I can't say enough. If you're in Deltona, you you have to go there. If you are can't get down there, the next best thing is to go to cigarhustler.com. You want to get on the email list. You want to get uh, follow them on social media because they get a lot of limited stuff and they put it out there. Uh, you'll get the email when it goes for sale. But sometimes they'll put it out on social media before the email goes out. So, right. you know, you, you want to do that. And, uh, of course, check out uh, a Cigar Hustlers podcast. Um, uh, you want to check that out. Um, they're bugging, they're bugging media guys for shirts and I feel bad. I did a shirt run and I didn't, I, I'll have to do the next shirt run for them. Get them some shirts. Right, I don't, go. I don't do big shirt runs every year and, uh, I will make sure I take care of them with the next shirt run. Um, I'll make sure I order a couple special for them. Um, but yeah, I, I feel bad because if I had known they were doing the shirt thing, cause they're wearing, Dog Pallet sent them some shirts, right? Uh, so I think how about that cigar send them some shirts. So I'd love to send them some, I, I, you know, and I, like I said, I'll get them next time for sure. So, uh, and make oh, sure they, uh, they're big for Mike there. He'll, he'll fill that thing out, man. Well, I, that's the other thing is, is the ones I just did, I don't have a size for him. Right. So that's, that's yeah. the other, uh, that's the other problem. I, 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 he may need like a three X, right. I have to he'll get need the swole size, whatever but size I, I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to get their shirt sizes. So I want to, you know, I'm going to tell them, look, I'll, I'll do it, but I want to get, make sure I get the right shirt size for them. Mm. Now, a little, uh, the other thing I'll just mention is we're going to be doing a couple shows in that couple weeks on primetime. Mm. Virtual Trade Expo, we call it. Yeah, we have different companies. Mm. They come on. They get fifteen minutes to talk about what they're releasing at PCA. So Mike is okay. scheduled to be on this Thursday uh, with Postani, and he's accepted the invite, and he's got a slot, and we're really happy he's going to be on. Ooh. So I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot. Uh, it'll be good to catch up. I think he's the final slot on Thursday. Okay. So when you're the final slot, you don't like get bumped for something. You, you could probably no. Talk. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but nice. yeah. Yep. Speaking of the cigar hustler, how are your cigar? How's your cigar? Because I bet mine's mine's like way, way lower than it is because I've been talking a lot. So I, um, I got like a ton left. Yeah, this is probably past its peak. Um, OK, it, it 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 was the first half was good. The second half got very musty and cedary. So, I mean, this right. was aged for five years. Um, So I think it kind of passed. It jumped the shark, so to speak here. Um, right. a little old, but, uh, you know, enjoyable. It's still enjoyable, but it wasn't what this was. Um, I never smoked the original LE five, by the way. So I've only smoked the 30th okay. anniversary one. Dojo loves this cigar. I know Dojo is a big fan of this cigar. Okay. So, right. uh, but I think it's aged. I think it jumped the shark. Aged at this out. Point. Yeah. It's a right. little aged out. So it's got that musty cedariness in the mm. second half, which is a little more dominant than I prefer. But again, I mean, the first half was really so good. good. You, yeah. uh, you get some of those classic Avo flavors. This is not a mild Avo cigar by any means. I put this medium mm. plus easily, possibly okay. medium to full uh, in terms right. of just a little, little kick with this. Even five years old is a little kick. Really? With okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I got the dirty rat is great. I love dirty rat. It's kind of there. Yeah. Um, it's just dark, and it's just got a bit of cherry in there. Yeah. It's got all those flavors you're looking for from a yep. really dark cigar. Yep. Um, and and with Hustler, he's having a lot. Of, he has a lot of the Unico series coming in now. Yeah, this is the time so you, of the year they dump the Unico yeah. series. I think I think the pigs are due to dump dump uh, uh land. I should say not dump, but land pretty soon. Um, yeah. So they tend to do the Unicos right before the summer is when they they, they drop those. Not dump, drop. I should say, yeah. So if you want to 
pick up some dirty rats. I know he has the feral. He has some flying pigs. So yeah. if you want to pick those up, go over to Cigar Hustler and do so. They need to do a black and M81 pig. I'm sure they're thinking of it. I'm sure they are. They've they, got they to do that. Everything. Yeah, but that I think that will work really well on the pig. I just have a feeling mm, with that. I'm trying to think of a pig I really I think my favorite has to be the Undercrown, I think. I I'm uh, the ones I'm I've the, had. I think the original nine is the best one. Okay. Uh, in my book. Uh, with the feral I put that. second. Yeah. I don't I, I have to be Yeah. Well, to be honest, I haven't had a lot of the flying pigs just because they've either been hard to find. Yeah, or they're probably easier now. They're easier, but they're still limited, and they they tend a lot of the Drew Estate people tend to buy them up quickly. The Drew Estate them. fans will buy them, um, you know. So, I think the, the the other pig I'd like to see is maybe, and I never, I don't think they ever did a Norteño pig. No. Yeah. No, uh, they not. But that I'll tell you what, the KFC pig was really good. Um, I, I try enjoyed, that. I haven't had the. Yeah, pig that anything. was a good one. Uh, I've had a Herrera Esteli pig. Um, They've done the anniversario. It's called Savage Feast. It's in a feral Ooh. pig size. I didn't like it though. I want to try that feral pig size. That looks like a monster. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. But uh, I'd like to see them do that. Um, I don't think they've done a Nika in a pig either. I don't no, that they're... would be. I that'd be good. I love the Nika. Yeah, I I the, uh, the original one. Re- what I, a I value cigar! I mean, uh, I oh. like you. I like the Maduro better than the Adobe that came out. I wasn't a huge fan, but you know, again, it's not an expensive cigar, so it's a good. Cigar. Tell you what, though, you light up that Nika, the smoke production on that. Your neighbor might call the fire department. We, I remember, <laughs> we lit that up on Stogie Geeks one night, and I was in this studio, and those guys were in Rhode Island. You cannot smoke that indoors, and the man. The smoke, yeah, the smoke. Produ- oh, we were just all commenting on the smoke production that night. Yeah, it was like, yeah. Remember, there was one show we did here. I smoked something, and, and it was like that type of. Remember the smoke oh, was yeah. all over the place. Yeah, uh, it was like that. Uh, that on uh, that Stogie Geek show. Love the Nika. Yeah, they yeah. should do a pig in that. They probably will. Yeah, I don't um, know. Maybe it's just a, it's a less ex- you know that one. They'd have to price it probably higher, and that's a lower price cigar. So yeah, that, you're that right. may be the problem. But I still would, maybe I'm, do. Yeah, I still think you do a run of it. I think you, you'd intrigue people with it. Yeah. Or something. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, people would buy it in a second. Yep. I would yep. anyway. Yep. Um, new music. Now the first one, Coop. I was shocked you had Foo- this one. Yeah, I was like Foo Fighters with Rescued. So I was shocked you had this one on here. Yeah, great song. Just wrote a review on it on the site. Yes. Um, this is off the latest record, but we, uh, but here we are, and it's the first one since Taylor Hawkins' death. Yep. And Grohl is doing the drumming on it. Yeah. Now on tour they have another drummer. Yeah, they. But just... for the record, he's drumming. Yeah, and that um, wasn't a surprise for me that they they went yeah. with that approach. Yeah, I mean, Dave Grohl is a great drummer. Josh Freeze is, is great... the new Josh Freeze is the new drummer, by the yeah. way. This is a great, it's a great track. I love it. It's going to land, it will land pretty high on my top 50, I think. Um, the what whole record. A, really a good record, yeah. Yeah, the whole record is sort of about working through the pain and grief of his death as a band. They've been together since about 94, or the core members have anyway. Um, and it's sort of this like using music to work through it together. And the what comes out is this really raw sound that, has kind of almost like an early Nirvana sort of punk kind yeah. of rock vibe to it. It's really good. 
Um, but yeah, check that out. It's rescued. It's kind of their big single off it off the record. Yep, yep. I thought it was a good um, track. Yeah, I think people like the album. Um, it's a, it's a really good album, and right. it's sort of I mean, I mean just the title alone. But but here we are. Like it it all it's all about you know what do you do now sort right. of thing. Um, and side B Janelle Monae. So her album, The Age of Pleasure, which you talked about before with some singles is now actually dropped um and the 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 track i picked is called champagne shit and i love it i love this record (laughs) i think it's gonna be record of the year i mean the track might not be track of the year i can see getting some grammy love yes i think for me it's record of the year like it's a great record i would say we're talking about the drops from last year compared to this year i think this is the biggest drop because We've been waiting for some music from Monet in a while. She's been doing some movies. I, this is the biggest record drop of the year. And it's really good. And have happy pride, man. Janelle Monet, happy pride, people. Yep, there you go. Um, but man, champagne shit. It's just so good. Uh, this is a good record. Uh album archaeology homework. Because of Pride, I chose to pick Tegan and Sarah's latest the their their newest record, which is Cry Baby, which came out last year, I think. Um, it's it's sort of they're sort of following the steps of Indigo Girls with sort of the classic kind of folk duo, but they 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 turn it up a notch and make just sort of like folk pop with a way fuller sound, using a lot more instruments, going a lot more kind of folky, edgy pop with it, and it's just a great record, a great sort of fresh turn for them. So if if you like Tegan and Sarah, even if you don't know Tegan and Sarah. Uh, check out that record. It's called Cry Baby. Yeah. Good record. Yep. I mean, they've been around a long time, too. Oh, they have been. Yeah. Yeah. They've been around a, a long time. Um, I'm, I like Sarah better. I, I got <laughs> But they're identical twins, right? They're they're pretty much identical twins, though. Uh, but they've been around a long time. They've been around a long time. I think they have 10 or 11 albums, so. Yeah, they've been around forever. Yeah, they have um, been around a long time. Yeah, but they, yeah, but uh, check them out. That's all I got, Coop Man. Oh, uh, that's good, Dave. Uh, this was a good show. Um, oh, I loved it. Yep. So, um, thanks again, uh, Dave. Now we won't have a show next week because I'll be traveling, but we'll schedule tune when the next show is going to be scheduled. Uh, but we've had a lot of show. We we've done a lot of shows in the last few weeks, so it's a. Uh, it's just so many good. Yeah, we've really. Uh, I know. And Dave, I gotta really thank you because I mean you've you've had a lot of scheduling challenges and you know you have to take care of stuff at home first, so yeah. um that's always the most important thing. But I'm glad we've always found a way to get these shows in, and uh, I appreciate it. So it's always fun doing. This was a great, great another great show. So oh no, I it's uh, I'm lucky because uh, we get to we switch off the rugby duties. That's good because <laughs> <laughs> it's rug it's rugby day. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So. Uh... So I should have a new machine by next week. Uh, next show. Yeah. Though. What? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, okay, we have enough computers in the house that someone can bail me. <laughs> but yeah, they want both of them went. You know, the, I could have used one for the show, but um, it was a little risky because it's an old. I think it's, as I mentioned, it's an old machine, and I I just. Oh, you don't want to. Yeah. So you know, I don't know how it would have handled the video. So, but uh, I would. Oh, no. Yeah. Well. Yeah, we we'll down in Florida, touch, actually. Man. Yeah, I'll be in, yeah. So, yeah, but we'll get something. We'll get something in. Uh, we'll talk a little. I'm sure we'll do some PCA talk as well. So uh, we'll get some stuff in, and uh, we'll we'll stay tuned. We'll have we have plenty of shows to do. 
you can walk in you can walk into fifth of Beethoven when you go to the clubs in Miami. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> definitely. Uh <laughs> definitely. Uh you know, uh, you know, hey, if, if some of the media is going to PCA, uh, you know, walk oh. in clear the aisle. Yeah, what you, you gotta make what's the sound what's the playlist gonna be for the media compound, man? Um yeah, start that, thinking about I that. will wor- I will work on something with that and we could probably maybe add that in as a special playlist, but I will put a playlist together for, for PCA this year. Uh, we won't do a whole show on because obviously you won't be there. But um, I will talk about. I will put ten songs together for a playlist, and we could do a small segment on it at the beginning of the show. So I'll do that oh, after definitely. PCA. Yep, I will definitely, definitely. do. That. I think that's you good. I think it's a great PCA idea. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, Coop. I'll let you close it out so you can eat food, man. Right. right that's good. So uh, thanks everybody. That's gonna wrap up primetime jukebox. Uh, episode 102 into the annals of history for this Father's Day weekend edition. Happy belated Father's Day if you're watching this show live or later on. And we'll catch everybody uh, on the flip side. Take care, everybody.